0: What's going on, everybody? This is Matt.
1: And this is Ed.
0: And we would like to welcome you to another episode of Cinema (laughs) Syndrome. Uh, So what's up today, man? What are we talking about?
1: Well, Matt, today is our fifth week of Spooktober. Wow. Right?
0: October went by really fast. It really
1: did. I mean, like, Jesus. 2020 has been dragging, but when we get into, like, my favorite month, it just flies by. That's figure. Because it's your favorite. That's right, exactly. Just like your youth, just flies by.
0: No, I'm getting better with age, so that's all right. Mm. It'll get I'm getting better. Uh, anyway. I'm Anyway, <laughs> I am. I have more money. I am handsomer. That is the word that I just made. Uh, I also am funnier than I was ten years ago. So I'm like a cup of vintage wine, born in 1987. <laughs> Drink of me.
1: What, All right. do, <laughs> what is your wine company called?
0: I don't know. Matthew Hagen's Drink Me.
1: Drink Me, Matthew
0: wow, that is, uh, that is, uh That does
1: not sound like a wine that company. That is suggestive.
0: Thinking. Suggestive. Uh, I think um, maybe good for Eva, but uh, I, I don't think, think she wants anybody else got,
1: drinking. I think this episode got rated X. So
0: I mean, it's Raunchtober.
1: No, 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 no. Ro November November. Ronch,
0: no there's uh that's not what November's for
1: <laughs> no, no November is it when is, we uh, join no the mafia
0: November is no well no yeah,
1: hint, but anyway, no
0: <laughs> so, It's no something November, I don't partake
1: no rules November oh oh wow, great yeah.
0: Purge. <laughs> yeah, there's no, rule. there's no rules. There's one rule: put shirt right back on. Okay, what? Okay, what are we really talking about? <laughs>
1: all right, now for real, uh, because uh, this is Spooktober and this is our first year doing Spooktober.
0: Raunchtober.
1: Spooktober. We uh, we all we did a movie a piece each week, even though we kind of messed up our whole scheduling with that. But yeah, still, but who cares? Y'all don't care. Y'all just here to listen to us talk about movies and say, "Listen to these dumbasses." But, anyway,
0: dumbasses would be the uh... sir. <laughs> Please stay on track.
1: Anyway, so spurts over. We had uh we had five weeks this month, so we each done a movie a piece. But when we came up to the fifth one, we didn't really know what to do. So we decided to do since it's gonna be this is gonna be released on what the day before or the day of of Halloween.
0: Probably Halloween Day. Probably nice. Halloween nice. when you'll be listening.
1: Will you all gonna be listening to this on Halloween? So, we're going to do a special double episode. We're Ooh. both doing a different horror movie sequel. And they have things in common. Not a lot, <laughs> but they have things in common. Right. And so, do you want to go ahead and tell which one we're doing now, or do you want it to be a surprise for each one? Well, let's go ahead and do it. I'm doing Halloween 2018. Wow, yes, what a I surprise! Know. All the suspense is gone. Yeah,
0: Ed killed <laughs> it. You know, way to butcher it. Way to slash that thing.
1: I'm huh? doing Halloween 2018, and Matt is doing A Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three: Dream Warriors.
0: You know what? I'm not doing Nightmare on Elm Street Three. That yes, was just a, a clever ruse. We're going to be talking about Halloween Havoc. Nineteen ninety eight with uh, that, Rick that Flair. One. No, oh, okay. No. The Macho Man Randy Savage nope. flew. Okay.
1: Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three. All right. Because I watched that movie, I liked it. But
0: Dean Malenko, the Man of a Thousand Holds, uh, was also not... a Four Horseman uh, with Rick Flair, Arn Anderson, and uh, Sid Vicious was also You're a Four Ellen
1: Horseman. You're like the ninety eight percent of the people that aren't wrestling fans.
0: This is South Carolina. They're all wrestling fans.
1: We got Swedish people listening now,
0: to this. Uh, you know. They like Ric Flair, too. But yeah, uh, so what we are... So, okay, all jokes aside. So what we are doing is uh, I am reviewing The Nightmare on Elm Street uh, 3, Dream Warriors. Part Uh, 3. Part 3, excuse me. Uh, It's probably my favorite horror movie of all time. Dream Warriors hit theaters on February 27th, 1987, and it was directed by Chuck Russell.
1: Such a generic name. Chuck, you know,
0: but strong name. (laughs) Chuck. Some consider it to be 80/20. the best movie in the series. It took in about, about $4.6 to make, but it earned about $44.8 at the box office. I'm sure that made the bosses at New Line Cinema very happy. And it got pretty favorable, favorable reviews across the board. The movie starts off just like many of the others in this franchise. You have a young teenager doing everything in her power to stay awake. Like building a creepy paper mache house, playing loud music, and taking a deep and refreshing swig of a diet Coca-Cola.
1: Oh, and that's some good product placement taking, right there. And taking spoonfuls of was it Maxwell? Yeah, I believe so. Maxwell House instant coffee.
0: Because she's basically having, you know, she's having terrible nightmares. She having she's having dreams about a burnt man. This is a common theme throughout. I, all t- of I
1: them. too also have dreams of a burnt man.
0: <laughs> well, well, hopefully you're a dream warrior. Uh, so, Apparently,
1: I'm just too depressed, and he doesn't care. Well,
0: you know, we're all dying inside, right? Yeah. And so, this teenager is Krista Parker, and she's played by Patricia Arquette.
1: Is she, like, kin to David Arquette?
0: I have absolutely no idea. I did not look that far into it. I'm
1: going to look that up while you do this.
0: Okay. Uh, then we see another common theme of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, which is a crappy parenting.
1: Oh, God, yeah. That's an all horror movies.
0: Yeah, this this one's more prevalent. They always kind of focus on like the mother here. And of course, you know, it's the middle of the night. Uh her mom comes home. And of course, she has intentions of entertaining a man. You know, she's Ooh. even wondering why Kristen's still awake. Like, yo, go to sleep. Go to sleep. i have company and uh this gentleman will like some brandy. Cause you hear him screaming it from the Where's uh, the brandy? Yeah, from the bottom <laughs> floor there.
1: Where's the brandy at?
0: So Kristen finally falls asleep and we get our first interaction with fred krueger let's talk about this scene then what did you like about it
1: all right so one of my favorite things about this scene was as soon as you know she went to sleep uh she like instantly goes into the dream world you get to hear the nursery rhyme that was like very famous or infamous now and then that interaction she has with the little kid on the porch was really well done with the kid kind of like, you know, being a kid, hey, what's your name? And then, you know, oh, my name is such and such, Kristen. And like, what's your name? And the kid's like, well, I got to go. <laughs> she just leaves and goes into the house. Right. But the actual scene when you get with Freddy interacting with Kristen was really well done too because you kind of got like this uh, chase scene with him coming after her. She can't get like free. And then you have that... Are you going to go all the way? You want me to keep going or you want me to... No, I said it was really hard, bro. All right, so I love all that. I like um, how then she has that kind of like the fake out. Like she thinks she's awake. She goes to the bathroom like you always do when you have a nightmare. You go to the bathroom. And then she's over there, you know, turning the knobs of the uh, water and all that. And then like the knob turns into a hand and won't let her go. And Freddie meets her in the reflection. And then the other knob turns into his claw and slices her wrist. And then when her mom walks in on her, she sees Kristen there holding like a razor like this and where she does slit her wrist. Mm. I like how it kind of played off like. I can't remember if they did it a lot in the second in the first movie. Not so much with uh, what's her name, Tina, but like everybody else when they died. It kind of made it look like it was a self-infliction kind of thing, like when it was like a suicidal thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that in this movie, actually.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of instances. Uh, there's, a, there's some major instances where you can kind of reference suicide. Uh, what the, I did like about this scene was also the kids. Uh, I think that made it really, really, really creepy. You know they're saying? That one or two Freddy's coming for you, um, nursery rhyme. The atmosphere is a lot more... It's a lot more horror infused than the first two, I would say, you know, that house being messed up and burnt the way it was like the, the messed up foliage outside being completely dark. Uh, one thing I like too is, you know, when Freddie comes in the house, the kid's like, oh, Freddie's home. And, you know, he's coming through there. He's scraping the walls and Kristen picks her up and runs away. And then she gets a little bit further away. The little girl's like, put me down. You're hurting me. And she's like a burnt <laughs> yeah. skeleton. I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's pretty, uh, that's pretty crazy. Uh, And so, kind of in this scenario, you really do get a glimpse of Freddy's dream powers. They're pretty much on full display. And so, after all this, Kristen's mom thinks she's insane. Thinks she tried to kill herself because, like you said, her wrist was slit. And we transition into Weston Hills Psychiatric Hospital. This place is full of kids with sleep disorders. And we're introduced to some very important characters. One, Doctor Neil Gordon, played by Craig Wasson, Watson, or whatever—I'm pretty sure I got that wrong. He had a few minor roles out there. He was out, He was actually in Malcolm X, which I thought that was pretty interesting. We are introduced to Max, who is played by Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence, we introduced by. <laughs> okay, let me do this one. Fishburne, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. Okay, I thought it
1: was Fishburne for real.
0: Then we're introduced to Max, who is played by one Lawrence Fishburne, who has played in a ton of stuff. The Matrix, John Wick, the Assault on Precinct 13 remake, Boys in the Hood, the list goes on and on and on. After a brief interaction with another doctor, where he talks about a hot shot intern, Neil and Max are informed that they have a patient who's freaking the hell out. The patient is Kristen. She refuses to be sedated because she's afraid to go to sleep. There's a little tussle there. She gets a scalpel and backs into a corner. Then she starts singing that nursery rhyme that we hear from the kids at the beginning of the uh, movie. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. And then, bam, Nancy Thompson shows up. Played once again by Heather Leggenkamp And probably her second or third biggest role. Nancy Thompson is the only survivor from the original Nightmare on Elm Street, and she's a little bit more mature, sporting a streak of gray hair, a memento from her encounter with Freddy Krueger the first time around. So, Ed, how is this girl still alive, especially after the ending of the first movie?
1: Well, I think if you go back and look at the first, the ending of the first movie. I don't think any of that was like real. I think that was kind of maybe that might have been like uh, Nancy's mom's dream or something like that. Because, you know, it ends with her getting pulled into the house and her dying because he didn't like, you know, she talks about this. She talks about the spoilers a little ahead of time. Yeah. She talks to Max and has a conversation about how uh, this is way spoilers, too, God. Because he asked about her parents and all that. And uh, she says, well, her mom died in her sleep. So I think maybe the ending to the original Nightmare was basically retcon to being the mother's dream. And that was how she died. So I think she just kind of was like a sole survivor. Like all the events in Nightmare on Elm Street took place. And basically everybody died <laughs> because they did.
0: Yeah, except for, uh, except for Nancy.
1: And they all just kind of like. I'm just gonna assume that's what happened. I think that was that dream sequence at the end was just uh, Nancy's mom's little little thing that she had going on, and then Freddy killed her because he was like, you know, f this b.
0: Yeah, of course, yeah.
1: This movie is actually where he actually starts using that a lot.
0: Yeah, he says he's, he says that word like really often. He, goes, right? he does really like a lot. You know, I guess we may like actually some have to like, just
1: like break our our code that we normally say in this and actually say it because those are impacts are those lines of him saying that. Nah, I
0: think we get away without it. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> <Prime> Whatever. <Tom. laughs> yeah, we'll see what feels natural. <laughs> <laughs> so Nancy is able to calm Kristen down and has a brief conversation with Doctor Neal where he talks about a kid. cut off his own eyelids to stay awake. It's
1: pretty gruesome.
0: Then Max introduces her to some of the other important characters in a few future dream warriors. Kristen's mother is a real piece of work.
1: Oh, yes. She's a
0: real piece of work because Nancy actually has to go to her house since she's been admitted. Nancy goes to her house to get some of her personal items and Kristen's mom's talking about, oh, she started having a all these nightmares and stuff when I cut off credit cards, blah blah blah, just mm-hmm. pretty much blaming everything on her, like, blaming the whole situation on her, not like, not uh, not even addressing if it's really a mental health issue, just, just blaming her for everything.
1: And that's um, a good kind of play on not play, but like, a a take on how it was back then because a lot of people, um, and like older people, like she'll be a boomer, right? Yeah. Uh, especially well, right
0: now. She would be a boomer.
1: Yeah, so, like, a lot of boomers believe that um, mental disorder is just of uh, a, a scapegoat for people. Like, young people. Like, it's just an excuse they're using because they can't, they don't want to have to deal with the real world. When reality is that mental illness is a very real thing that many people suffer with and actually have to, like, live through every day. So I'm kind of wondering if that was like a, the intentions of that that scene.
0: Could bit, Could bit, yeah. Kind of, you know. I mean,
1: it's a little more relevant now because we still kind of like. Well, back then at that time that was like eighty seven. Eighty seven when the
0: movie was released. when you were born. Of course, yeah, that's right.
1: And uh, so eighty seven, mental illness wasn't really considered. It wasn't a, a topic legitimate right there. thing yeah. back then. It's becoming more relevant now. Because more people were beginning like diagnosed for it, so I'm thinking that was a god. That's a good hot topic for him back then.
0: That's very true, yeah. Because you know, the uh, mental health has changed, or at least our perception of it has changed from now. You're to getting
1: now. more uh, jobs that are actually kind of giving like the benefit. That's actually becoming a benefit now,
0: right? Mental health days, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I could definitely see. She was. She wasn't kind of. Mm. Yeah, she was a
0: piece of work. You know, I think Nancy saw a lot of her mother in this lady.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: I think it kind of <laughs> into the interaction because Nancy's mother was also a drunken piece of work.
1: No, uh, I'll give you this much though. I, I enjoyed Nancy's mother more than I did Kristen's mother. <laughs> yeah, she was a funny drunk.
0: She's like, "Oh, Nancy, you can't get outside,
1: Nancy. You're laughing in the house." It's, I just, I just know. Where, oh my God, my favorite part of the first movie is that friggin' button-up dress she had. It's her going into the, um, her walking, in and checking Nancy, checking to see if she's okay. Like the coast is clear, and her mom's got like vodka hidden in like, the towel. Rack.
0: I want some vodka, Nancy. I'm so sad your father divorced me.
1: I and her father's over there trying to live the best life he can. Yeah, man,
0: he's just, he's just on the force, man, protecting the servant. All
1: right.
0: All right, and so uh, so one thing, one thing that Nancy does find at Kristen's house is a paper mache replica of her house. So, you know, that does lead to, like, a little conversation that they had together. Like, hey, you know, how in the world did you draw a replica of my house? What's going on? Are you stalking me? Exactly. Are you stalking me? Are What's you stalk- in
1: love with me? What's going on? I mean, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so this kind of all builds up to our second encounter with freddie nancy is once again excuse me it's not nancy Kristen is once again trying to fight off sleep and she's staying up at night she's actually drawing the house on like a sketch pad and she passes out what happens after that is she goes back to the same place that she was taken to the first time she walks up the stairs the house is old it's creaky and it's almost like this like a snake is running through like the floor and it pops out of the wall. Kind of like tremors. Kind of like tremor, yeah. Kind of like tremors, exactly. And this like thing that pops out of the wall is like a snake with Freddy's face on it. And he proceeds to try to eat her. And in her terror, we actually get a glimpse of some of Chris's power. She pulls Nancy into the dream itself. What do you think about this encounter, Ed? I
1: thought it was kind of interesting. Because... Um, Going from the first movie and the second movie, Freddy was the only one that had, like, powers in the dream world. But when you have another character that actually can do the same thing, it kind of gives you, like, a different dynamic because it makes it feel like he's not the only person that has that ability, which is kind of weird that he would be the only person in the entire world that can, like, you know have abilities in the dream world so of course there's gonna be somebody else that can do it yeah so i thought that was kind of cool and i actually think it was like a cool little mythology thing that they're kind of building up here with like more potential people having this ability which we actually do see that they do later on especially in this little like this this is basically the first part of a trilogy within this series the dream trilogy So, I thought that was pretty cool. Her bringing Nancy in. uh, Nancy doing the old um, Texas Chainsaw, busting through mirrors. (laughs) Yeah, she did
0: that. Entrance. Yeah, she did do that. Uh, It was pretty interesting. I was more creeped out that the biggest thing, two two takeaways that I took from this scene. One was, man, the production values went through the roof (laughs) compared to the first two. It did. The production values went up because, you know, that, to have like that automaton snake come out of the wall. And it was so creepy looking. You know, it was so creepy. It was so gross and slimy. And, you know, he's he's trying to eat her. And, I'm like, I'm like, wow, man, Freddy, Freddy was already like a nut job. But this just shows, like, the depth of his depravity to actually come up with that. Uh, and then, the really, the second takeaway was I'm very surprised that we did not get our first kill uh, right here. I yeah. was so surprised because normally but I think Freddy I does it. that.
1: I think I clocked it, and it was like the first kill in the movie doesn't take place until 30 minutes into it.
0: Which is very surprising. Well, no, it's, that was about the same with the, the first one. No. It was about 30 minutes, wasn't it? Oh. Hey, they, they do go through a series of events. Uh, because, they
1: killed Tina off real quick in the first
0: one. No, no, because no, Tina, Tina starts off, you know, they had the first encounter with, uh, with Freddy. Then they introduce all the characters. They introduce all the major players in the game. Uh, then they talk for a little while. They kind of build it up. They start talking about like, having dreams like the same burnt man. Then they kill Tina. So it's not like immediately. It's not like a super quick thing. They do mm-hmm. build up a little bit more before they uh, kill Tina in the first movie.
1: Well, yeah, I, I kind of see that. Now, the second movie, the kill was yeah, way into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it took a little while. It took a long time. It took a little while, man.
0: And so, uh, you know, another thing I like that Freddie actually recognized Nancy. He's oh like, yeah. Yeah. he's like you. Yeah. You know, he recognized her as like you know, was the one who got away. It's yeah. you, and of course, Nancy and uh, Kristen have a conversation about that first day in the morning after they wake up, and it kind of shines a light onto Kristen's potential powers because they they kind of look at her abilities, they kind of say, "Hey, this may be the tool we need to actually deal with Freddie." So I did like that. Mm-hmm. So after a group session where we're introduced to more potential victims (laughs) and a brief dinner date with Nancy and Neil, Mm -hmm. they discuss a very experimental drug.
1: Oh yeah. uh, Oh, hold on. I have the name of that drug. It is. I hope I wrote it down. Hypnocell.
0: Hypnocell. Yeah. Hypnocell is the name of it. And pretty much it just keeps you awake. Nancy, I guess has been taking it forever. Uh, since the events of uh Elm Street and the explains why
1: movie. she's got the grey hair uh gray hairline.
0: Yeah, because you know she's sleep depraved, so yeah, I got you. it yeah, yeah, does it's, make a lot of sense. It's
1: like, it's like, isn't it it's scientifically proven that like uh you dream no matter what and that's what actually causes your body to rest? Yeah. So yeah, she's not getting no rest, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not at all.
1: <laughs> she's just getting by.
0: And so after the group session, we transition into a room that's shared by Philip who's played by Bradley, Greg, and Kincaid, who's played by Kim, uh, what was it, uh, Sagos, uh, Sagos? Uh, S-A-G-O-E-S. Uh, I'm not sure how they actually pronounce that yeah, one.
1: Yeah, you good with that one.
0: Yep. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so now we get our third encounter with Freddie. Uh, man, I, I got to say to me, that was probably, you know, in terms of pain and torture, Ooh, yeah. it's got to be, it's gotta be up there as far as the worst deaths, because Freddy cuts open his wrist and his legs, and he pulls out his tendons, and he makes him walk
1: like a puppet.
0: Like a puppet, he because makes him walk. That's what Will's
1: big thing was was making little puppets.
0: Yep, makes him walk, and man, that's just, ugh. Like dude, that's 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 just a terrible feeling, man. At least it, at least it looked like it. you know I've never experienced any anything like that, and I pray to the Lord in heaven I never do, but that was that was a pretty tough thing to see. But you know everybody thinks he's everybody thinks he's sleepwalking, you know, because he's he's had those issues before. They they touch on that when he's first introduced. Yeah, like, he sleepwalks.
1: Even he was talking about how like. Um I just sleepwalk. I don't have an issue. I'm just a sleepwalker. I shouldn't even be here. Right. And um, that kind of makes me wonder too. On that one, was uh, his sleepwalking with that Freddy doing that too?
0: Could have been, but I doubt it. You know, because I can agree Freddy's always there. But if you look at the movies, it takes a while for him to manifest into his true strength. Yeah. You know, uh, because he kind of starts infiltrating the dreams. He infiltrates one. Uh, then they say, yo, I have dreams of a burnt man. And then they continue to escalate. They continue to escalate until he can actually harm them. So I think he was always able to kind of sleepwalk. But then as a a while, as Freddy grows stronger, he's able to transition that into making it, of course, deadly.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I don't think it's been ever, I don't think it was established until Freddy versus Jason is that Freddy's, um, strength grows off of, like, fear. Mm-hmm. I think that was the first time that was established in canon, that his, his fear is what drives what makes him stronger. Right. So, but it's been hinted at, but never actually said, because Nancy says in the first movie, if she ignores Freddy... He yeah. loses his power. Yeah, I'm
0: not afraid of you. Yeah, I'm not afraid of you. So
1: yeah. it's never been like... It wasn't really truly established that he... Uh, that's the reason why he tortures the kids and doesn't right out kill them right away because he needs that
0: fear. he gets got to get stronger. Yeah, that's how he, that's how he gets that's stronger. That's why he always down. goes after
1: kids, too.
0: Yep. Easier to be... Easier to scare. Yeah. Easier to scare.
1: Because you're young and you ain't thinking about things.
0: And, of course... Uh,
1: the real horrors. Freddie
0: Mason walked to... The like the top of like this chapel, like the tallest point in like the building, and some of the other kids they see him and they just try to like hey they try to wake everybody up Yeah, you know, we gotta get him we gotta save him we gotta save him and they're just too late they don't get there in time he jumps off the building and boom they all think he commits suicide he committed suicide but of course we know that's not the well, case but the
1: staff the staff thinks he committed the suicide staff, yeah the staff thinks the suicide. kids know what happened exactly. Cause they they keep saying that he's gonna kill us again. And remember, they uh Kincaid got on that whole like thing where he was like, you know what, he was just weak because he couldn't handle it, he couldn't cut it, and that's why he died. And then and everybody's like, oh well, fine, you'll be the, you'll die next. Yeah. And he's like, whatever. And then they were kind of like fighting with each other. And she, um, that one girl was like saying, that's what exactly what Freddie wants us to do. That's what he wants us. He wants us to divide each other because right. he knows that he can kill us one by one
0: exactly you know um
1: oh god that woman the dr sims she's a real piece of work too gosh i hate her
0: (laughs) and so you're right this that leads up to like that next you know it's always a group session with these kids uh like i said they touch on everybody being weak that they can't mentally handle it dr neil even goes so far to say that you know and he abandoned him that he was a coward that he was a weak and we out the cowardly way about committing suicide but once again Nancy and the others know better this scene actually leads to one of my favorite lines of the movie the doctor says uh, how much longer are you going to let your dreams be an excuse for your own weakness and Kincaid says how much longer are you going to keep blowing smoke up our ass <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because he got in trouble after
0: that. Yeah. Then right after that, right after that, he's like, you know, he's like, Dr.'s like, hey, I'm going to sedate all of you, and y'all going to go to sleep."
1: Then and kick, he, kick, kick, he's, he's like, "F like, you, I ain't going <laughs> to sleep. You're not putting nobody's going to sleep. Gonna put me to sleep." And he gets mad, and they're like, "That's it. You're going to the solitary room. We're going to sedate you." Oh no, you crazy! <laughs> you ain't going to put me yeah, in there. You you're not going to do that. I mean, nobody's going to put me to sleep. <laughs> He fights, he starts beating, he starts fighting. Yeah,
0: and then he ends up in solitary confinement, and uh, then once he's there, he's freaking out, of course. He does, uh, he's like I said, they're just all trying to stay awake. This leads up to, once again, our next kill. Like many of the other kids, Jennifer, played by Penelope Shordow, doesn't want to go to sleep. Her grand plan is to stay up all night watching TV because, hey, she wants to be an actress. You know, yeah. she says she's doing some research.
1: Max, like, Max comes in on her. And he's yeah. like, and he says, research.
0: <laughs> yeah, Max comes in. He's like, yo, you supposed to be in bed. What you doing up? They going to bust my chops because you out here. Like, yo, you need to get to
1: sleep. She's like, I'm just going to stay up and do some research.
0: Yeah. Max was like, cool. Yeah, because right.
1: she kind of plays that. She plays that card. Yeah, she she's does. like, I can't go to sleep night after what happened with Phil. And he kind of like, you know what? I feel for you. You didn't see me. I didn't see you. If they ask, right? And dips.
0: And so what do you what do you think about this kill, man? What do you what do you think about uh, what's about to happen to this poor young lady? All
1: right, one thing I liked. Uh, she's flipping through the TV. You see, throughout this whole movie, you see these kids uh, trying to find. Even at the beginning of the movie, you can see the ones where they were kind of struggling a little bit about staying awake. And one of the things that, uh, what's this girl's name again? Which girl? The one that we're talking about. What's her name again? Uh, Jennifer. Jennifer. Um, One of the things that she does is uh, she puts cigarettes out on her arms to keep herself awake. The pain makes her way back up. Right. And... um, so she does that and you see that instance where she does it and then she's still kind of falling asleep for a second and then she's flipping through the TV and she falls on like a a talk show and then the actress in that talk show is she's very well known
0: Yaya Kapoor yes. I want to say yeah Yaya Kapoor she was
1: on me. Green Acres right the TV show yeah she show. was on a lot of stuff yeah she was like I remember her my mom and dad used, my mom and dad used to watch Green Acres as a kid when I was a kid and I remember her on there, so that's how I recognized her.
0: Jar Jar Kapoor, yeah. Jar. And no, 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 I'm saying that
1: no. wrong. So she's getting like interviewed, and she's going through the process, talking about like what it does, uh, what she had to do to become an actress. And you know, this is perfect. This is exactly what she wants to see. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then it transitions to that guy's like, "So I just got one more question for you," and she's like, "What?" And then he's like, "Who gives up?" And then Freddie like slashes at her, and she's trying to change the channel. Yeah. And it messes it up. So she goes to investigate, see what's going on with the TV, kinda like trying to cut it or change the channel or something like that. She hits it, and as soon as she does, these mechanical pieces form arms and grabs her and brings her up to the TV. And then Freddy's head comes out the top. And he's like, It's your time. Your time to shine. And he's like, Welcome to prime time. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah smashes her right into the, her head into the TV and kills him.
0: Yeah, it was pretty that was pretty as far as quickness goes. That was a very That was quick, a quick
1: uh, death. Like out yeah. of everybody's that was the quickest death out of anybody Yeah, had. Freddy it's,
0: didn't hate her. I mean, he wanted to kill her, of course, but Freddy didn't seem to hate her as much as he hated everybody else.
1: Yeah. Uh, he he gave her the luxury of a quick death.
0: Yeah, that's that's quite true. Uh okay. So, of course, everybody's just not taking this will. Because we got another kid who just died. Another kid who just died. died. And Dr. Neil and Nancy are just trying to come up with some way, somehow, to save them. Okay. Then we get a startling revelation. Everyone in this psych ward is from Elm Street. Nancy, with the help of Neil... And Kristen formulate like a plan of how to fight Freddy inside of their dreams. And so, you know, uh, Dr. Neil, he he does like this hypnosis thing. Hypnosis, you know, he like kiss these little uh, billiard balls like back and forth. I think I'm saying the right way, I'm probably saying the wrong. I'm sorry. And he's like, hey, I'm gonna count down to five, y'all gonna fall asleep. So he basically hypnotizes them. Yeah. And they don't realize it at first, but they're like all asleep. You know, they're like feeling normal. They always failed. They didn't work. You know, because they still got their regular clothes on. They're still in the same room that they were uh, sitting in.
1: Yeah, and then like Neil's kind of like he Neil pulls Nancy to the side, and he's like, I, "I gave it a shot, and I really think you need to realize that this isn't this isn't what you think it is." Right. He's he was on. He just wanted to do it to kind of give Nancy the ease of mind and. Now that he did it, he's pretty much a hundred percent convinced that they're not none of it's true. It's basically yeah. what he's trying to say.
0: He's just yeah, he's trying to, you know, hey, I'm gonna show you that you I'm gonna show you that you're wrong. I'm yeah. gonna do exactly what you want to do, but I'm gonna show you the end result is not what you want.
1: He's just trying to rationalize everything. Yeah. And so a lot
0: of things are kind of happening at this moment. You know, they don't realize that Joey has actually left the room. Mm-hmm. But they do kind of discover that they have some type of power that they can use to fight Freddy. So we'll play by Ara Hayden, <coughs> who is wheelchair bound in real life, can walk and has wizard powers. Kristen is a gymnast. I'm not sure how much of a superpower that is. Well, you know it is a superpower if you actually watch hey, a gymnast hey, on hey, TV. Hey hey hey. No, I'm saying it is hey, a superpower hey, hey, because hey I can't do none of that. Crap.
1: Remember, Kimberly. From Power Rangers, she was a she, had, she was a gymnast. She had a damn, was,
0: She has a damn morpher and a damn not, I, bow and arrow. But
1: she was a gymnast, and that's what made Zordon say, "You know what, her."
0: That's why I said gymnasts could be considered a superpower because exactly. Lord knows I am incapable of doing such amazing feats. And
1: Zordon was really impressed with Kimberly's gymnast, gymnastics. Yes, yeah, and sure. he was like that one. That's <laughs> just it's just Zordon <laughs> looking at the Good kids, and he goes. Yeah, look
0: at that, that gymnast
1: there. She is the pink ranger, and an alpha's like, "Why the pink ranger?" He's like, "Because she's wearing pink."
0: Hey, why not, bro? <laughs> <laughs> so there's, excuse me, Kristen is a gymnast. uh Kincaid has super strength. terror played by Jennifer Rubin, has she's sh- like a punk. Yeah, she has like two knives, like and a, kind of
1: like she. I think she's just kind of like a badass punk. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's a
0: superpower. I'm
1: assuming Uh, that because in the 80s, we were kind of going from the, this is going from the 80s to the 90s, punk, like, Personas was kind of like this whole, like, idea of power back then, you know? Right. Because, um, you know, The Dark Knight Returns was in the 80s, and a lot of the villains in Hit were kind of, like, punk-like and everything. I don't know, I might be just making up some stuff.
0: Well, you know, it's eighties were a weird time. Uh, I don't know how wasn't, you
1: wasn't Mad Max out in the eighties too, like yeah, the, something uh, like that. Real yeah, real one of the uh, one of the uh,
0: sequels was in the eighties.
1: He was a leather punk. You
0: know, I say I, I just don't equate what I don't really, I don't really equate giving somebody two knives and a new haircut uh, to that being a superpower or a dream power in a way. You know, Kristen being a gymnast, cool. I get that. You know, you're more flexible, you're more agile, you can fight better like that.
1: You can do uh, Power Ranger wall jumps. Of course, you can do all that that
0: cool stuff. You can summon uh, Megazord. Uh, King didn't Kade Taryn has. Say, uh,
1: didn't Taryn say something too about her being like really pretty or something like that too?
0: No, she just said she was badass.
1: Uh-huh. That was yeah.
0: one thing she said. But hey, I'm like badass now. You know, KK has super strength. Uh, Will is a wizard. Like you know, I could I equate those to being like some Mm -hmm. sorts of like wheelchair power. Will, but you know, just her being like having spiky hair, and two knives. You know, is is what it is. Is what it is on that one.
1: Yeah. Well, because she was a user, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that the punk rock aesthetic was kind of like toughening her up, so she made her more tough to kind of get away from. Having to use.
0: All I'm saying is, uh, to all our listeners out there, if you're in, if you're ever in a situation where you need dream powers, if
1: you're a dream warrior, yeah,
0: don't um, don't don't, be a don't punk. ask for two knives and a new haircut. Don't be a punk, because it's not gonna help you. It didn't help her. We're gonna get to that in a second. So while everyone else is dreaming about superpowers, Joey, played by Rodney Eastman, is dreaming about getting some ass, uh, just like
1: every <laughs> teenager is because <laughs> joey
0: like he he follows like one of the nurses he's like oh you know i come to your ward all the time to see you i think you're really cute do you like me blah blah, blah. of course joey's like you know he can't talk he's, yeah he's, he's the mute, mute. <laughs> so he's like not on like a like a sob. like yes I yes i do I like know. you and i swear freddie don't want anybody getting laid in his movies
1: <laughs> none of them
0: you want some cheeks joey not on freddie's watch <laughs>
1: Freddie is such a cock tease, Yeah, man. He, he does not. He does not want he people getting that. He goes full nude for Joey, and then like teases him, and then basically tries to take his tongue out. Yeah. <laughs> what cat got your tongue?
0: <laughs> yeah. It. It. So and actually using like his tongues, which is, which is really weird. That was weird. He ties Joey to a bed, and. What well, is the doctor? I keep forgetting the name. The doctor actually goes into the room they're in and she wakes Dr. everybody. Sims. Dr. Simmons, I don't
1: remember her name because I hate her.
0: She goes in the room where they're having a session and wakes everybody up, but they can't wake up Joey because Freddie has him captured. So, so
1: he's like comatose,
0: he's in a coma. That's absolutely right. And since Joey's in that coma, Neil and Nancy have to kind of face the Piper. Two kids are dead. Um, another
1: one's in a coma. Another
0: one's in a coma. Like, bro, you got you're using experimental drugs. You out of here. You out of here. So Neil. gets fired. This transitions into another pretty big revelation. That's big for this movie, but also big for the entire series itself, or the <laughs> entire franchise.
1: Um, part of the the ever expanding lore that of Freddy.
0: <laughs> we meet a nun named Mary. Who is played by Nan Martin? She tells us about Freddie's mother, Amanda Krueger.
1: You really couldn't come up with another name besides Mary.
0: Well, you know, when you're a nun, you actually pick a name. You pick one of those, like I think you pick like a, uh, like, a like a like a like a like a saint's name or something like that. I, I'm pretty sure I'm saying this wrong. And if there's somebody out there uh, who is familiar with this,
1: uh, I highly uh, doubt they're listening to our podcast. Feel, hey, you never know. Feel <laughs>
0: free to educate me because I like to, I like to learn new things, and I do too. And so it talks about how she was captured by a group of deranged inmates, raped repeatedly for days. And when she was found, she was barely alive and she was pregnant. The nun goes on to say that Freddy is the bastard child of a hundred maniacs. The nun gives Neil the information he needs to finally get rid of Freddie. So Mm. what do you think about this scene, man?
1: One thing I would say is i really like the way the revelation of uh how freddie was technically born i thought it was really kind of a neat um neat little story like you got this guy who goes around and he's like a child murderer but he even has a more messed up background in what people think not only is he a child murderer but like he is the, the bastard child of a hundred maniacs like his birth is a horror story in itself like this orderly like this this woman that was on the staff literally gets accidentally locked into that tower with these maniacs and then it's like they just have their way with her they said that she was locked in there for it was over the holiday and they the inmates hid her from the staff it took a long time before they found her found her.
0: Yeah, she was in that, for days. They don't give an exact time, but that's yeah, that's pretty messed up. Days. I mean, like yeah.
1: you, you think about holidays. Like I never really knew of a an institution like that that would probably take holidays. But you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, apparently, you know if uh, I didn't know that the Kremlin insane could. Uh, have a Christmas break, but you know.
0: Yeah, they they don't have one. (laughs) I mean,
1: you know, Thanksgiving, you get to go home and see your family on Thanksgiving.
0: No, all this
1: (laughs) this... in all seriousness now. That that whole thing, um that was actually a really cool revelation. Especially pretty nice, yeah. The way she told it too, she was like really good on that delivery as well. Like she had you kind of captivated and it really just I like that if you go with some of the newer movies, if something like that were to happen, they were to try to show like some weird like cutaway like quick scenes of somebody doing it. But the fact that they didn't show like any kind of like footage of it actually happening or anything like that, and to let you kind of picture it yourself, yeah, it kinda of gives it a better approach because when it comes to movies, when it comes to the monster movies or anything like that, your imagination makes it scarier than what you actually see. Of course, see. yeah.
0: You have to be fear. You have to be afraid of like,
1: it. Like, what's more... You get more fear out of the unknown than you do of what you see. Just like with Jaws. You uh, don't see the shark for a good portion of the movie, but you're pretty much terrified of it because right. he's killing all these people.
0: Yeah, he is. Uh, he's not holding back.
1: Yeah, so... I like that. I like uh, that was very well done.
0: Okay, so this kicks off a series of events that lead up to our final encounter with Freddy. Armed with the knowledge of how to finally be done with him, Nancy and Neil seek out her father, so that they can find the remains of Freddy. Uh, Pretty much what the nun tells um, Neil is that you must find Freddy's remains and it must be buried on hallowed ground her father is once again played by John Saxon. This guy has been in a ton of movies by the way. Mm-hmm. They find him in some run-down bar drinking his sorrows away. He's pretty happy to see Nancy, but he ain't too happy about why they came not find him. Yeah. No. And of course he rejects them because, you know, he wants to wash his hands of it. You know, he killed the uh, him and uh, him and the other parents on on uh, Elm Street killed Freddie years ago, and they want to be done with it. You know, he's sick of Freddie, like, popping up in his mind and his psyche being the issue, even to this day.
1: Especially after
0: his ex-wife died. Yeah, especially after that. That was, that was pretty traumatic. So, Neil gets a page, which is, I don't even know how, I didn't even know they made pages back then. So, that Not thing might have cost him about two grand. You know what
1: I mean? He was a doctor.
0: He was a doctor, that's correct.
1: Always on the cusp of technology. He had exactly. pre ordered that one. He pre ordered it when it came out.
0: Put it down. Paid it off.
1: <laughs> Bought it from a flipper. Paid,
0: paid it off the he did, you know.
1: Neil will be buying a PlayStation 5 for five grand right now. Hey, just you because.
0: Know, you got Neil
1: money. <laughs> you Dr. Neil.
0: What is when, money to you?
1: <laughs> when you got Neil money.
0: Exactly. And so he gets the page, he gets the page from the kids, you know, they're frantic because Kristen is going to be locked up and sedated. And we all know what's going to happen once she's sedated. She's gonna go sleep. Yeah, she's gonna go to sleep, and then boom, she's gonna have an encounter with Freddie.
1: And she might not come back.
0: Yep, because Freddie is getting stronger and stronger and stronger mm. as it progresses.
1: My thing is like, um, what is Freddie's end game?
0: He just wants to kill everybody.
1: I mean, like, when he kills all the Elm Street kids and gets his revenge, what's he going to do after that?
0: Kill more kids.
1: Is he just going to go, like, relax and take a vacation?
0: No, man, you know, he's a he's a vengeful spirit, you know what I'm saying? It's not like he's going to pass on once he kills these Elm Street kids. He's just going to find more kids to kill. I just
1: want to know. Like, you don't know this for real. No,
0: I mean, for Freddy Krueger, there's no days off.
1: I mean, you never know, dude. Like, Freddy Cougar might literally just like, I mean, have you not seen his I'm, beach pitch?
0: I'm calling shenanigans.
1: He's like, I'm pretty sure he would like to go to the beach. I'm
0: calling shenanigans. <laughs> so, get a little
1: bit of sun on that burnt skin of his.
0: So, Nancy rushes back to the psych ward and charms Max and letting her in. <laughs> That's pretty good. Because, you know, yeah, because he, he wanted to let her in. She, she kind of thought, hey, this will be the last time. In, I need to uh,
1: talk to the kids. I want to at least say goodbye. Yeah. All right, yeah, she all right. Was right. They're in too. the TV room. Well, what was? It? Why would they put them in the TV room? Just Everybody thinking likes about. TV. I don't know. I mean, that's the same room Jennifer died. Why did they put them in that room? Wouldn't it's that's really messed up. Was no was no in there. No, it wasn't. They took the TV down. Ooh, wow. No TV. the TV room. They, they they still have the burn marks on the wall from that where Jennifer true. died. Like that is messed up. That I just thought true. about that. Is that? A, I hate these people in this hospital, man.
0: And so Nancy rushes back to the cycle. So messed up. And she rounds all the kids up, and they have another dream session. Uh oh. During that time, Neil actually grows a set of nuts and makes Nancy's dad take him to where Fred's remains are. <laughs> And so there's like this super long encounter that we're about to get into.
1: Yeah, there is. A, it is a, a super lot. long encounter. Let me see if I can find it so I can kind of keep up where we well, yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, the first thing that happens is. Oh, fr-
1: God, yeah, there's yeah. a lot going on there.
0: The yeah, first thing that happens is Freddie just tortures Kristen, like Kristen wakes up in like her bed like she's like at home, and it's kind of like the scene, the first scene in the movie is almost like replayed.
1: But
0: yeah but what happens is, is, is that
1: Kristen's mom is being a lot nicer.
0: -hmm. That's very true.
1: This go around. And <laughs> I'll let you go ahead and continue that.
0: Okay. And so she uh and so pretty much they, you know, they have a conversation. Hey, I missed you. I miss you, Mom, Also, I blah. miss you too, Kristen. And her mom puts Kristen to bed and then you hear the voice say, Hey, you
1: having your brandy? Bourbon.
0: Bourbon, whatever, alcohol. It's and so, bourbon, uh,
1: because of what like, Freddie's. I mean my bad. Okay. So no, you <laughs> good.
0: And so uh so she goes downstairs, and <laughs> then Freddie pops up and <laughs> pops the up. Bourbon. Yeah, where's the bourbon? And he uh, he cuts her head off. Uh, he cuts her head off and he shows it to Kristen. And the mom, the, the mom's severed head starts saying, hey, you know, all of this is your fault. You're you, ruining blah,
1: blah, blah. everything. Freddie looking pretty fly in his little tuxedo. Yeah, a little, tux,
0: though. yeah a little tux on, a little burnt tux.
1: I like that. That was a little classy move on him.
0: And then now, Freddie encounters Taryn.
1: So, yeah,
0: that's such a weird scene, right? That's a you know, and I'm Freddie I'm, and not, Taryn. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of this scene. I'm not. I'm not. So Taryn, you know, her little punk rock outfit, or whatever yeah. you want to
1: call it. I feel like Taryn was a wasted character. Yeah, she was there for just cannon, like cannon folder. She she fodder. Uh, she did not folder. last long. You know, she she
0: her and Freddie put up a good little fight. You know, she takes out she takes out a little knives. Like yo, let's go, mother effer. They yeah. fight for a little bit. <laughs> Stabs him
1: in the armpit.
0: Yeah. The first like, hey, why are
1: we fighting? We're we're old friends,
0: and you know these syringes grow out of his 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 hands, and I guess they're like you know uh, they're freaking uh, heroin. And he and stabs like, it in the arms. No like,
1: oh, no no, you got you got in the whole thing. He raises those things up and he goes, let's get hot.
0: Let's get hot. He stabs stabs her, you know. What a rush! And it looks like you know, it looks like he's really getting high with her. Like he's just like really into it. Like he's like, man, this is some some good uh, good some good dope. What a rush! (laughs) Like you know, that that was that was pretty uh, that was pretty funny. I mean, not funny for Taryn because she's uh dead, but uh, that was pretty funny overall. You know,
1: I don't think she cared too much at the end because she she was high.
0: Yeah, she's she
1: pretty uh, she, died. she died.
0: Now let's go Rip to Rip Karen,
1: the second best looking one in this movie. Now no, first. I thought Karen was better than first. Eh, you know,
0: that's beauty, is an idea of the I the beholder? So now. Just had a messed up teeth, though. Let's go to Will. Poor, poor Ugh. sweet Will.
1: Will. In the wheelchair. Poor Will. sweet
0: Will. Fred's like, why don't you have a seat? And <laughs> Like this wheelchair just comes after him. It's like
1: it's like a wheelchair of horror. Yeah,
0: it's like a torture chair. It's, it's got like spikes on it.
1: It's like um what's it good? One? Like it's like what a Hellraiser would have if he was in a wheelchair.
0: There, yeah, yeah, you can you can say that.
1: Like, it's it's terrible, man. Like
0: And so Will unlocks his wizard powers and he blows his chair up. And he's like, I'm like the Wizard King or whatever. I'm the Master Wizard. I forget exactly what he says. But, you know, it's some to D&D the, thing. Yeah, it goes to the fact that I am the Wizard Lord might be the simplest way to say it. And, you know, he actually starts shooting Freddy with, like, some lightning powers. But Will, with absolutely no combat oh. training, <laughs> runs directly into Freddy. And Freddy overpowers him and just stabs me in the chest.
1: See, yeah. Will's first big mistake right here. Will is a magic user spellcaster, a spell wizard. Cast. He is not a front-line guy. He's supposed to be back up in support. He's supposed to be pull back and use your magic missiles. You don't rush in. That's what your your other like your tanks for. You use your tank to do that. No will. You stay back and you shoot from a distance. Yeah.
0: Play smart man. It's
1: you- like you you try to roll like a nat twenty, and you messed up,
0: man. Yeah, he he wasn't playing smart. You know, he he didn't d and d the right way. But he he did, did not. he did.
1: did not outroll the dungeon master. You like, know, was,
0: uh, Freddy says something really funny. He's like, "I'm sorry, kid. I don't believe in fair tales. He just shakes him.
1: Yeah, he had like a one liner for every person. Every he person killed, he killed, except for Philip. They have a Philip? No, no, he didn't. Say he, he just cut Phillip. the strings on Philip. Yeah, he didn't have one Philip. So, that's mm-hmm. right.
0: Wow. Uh, okay,
1: so Philip wasn't poor enough to get a one liner. Everybody else was,
0: though. Yeah, everybody else got one, except for Philip. So now Will's dead. So and Freddie has pretty much murked through a good chunk of these kids. And so Kincaid, Kincaid, Nancy, and Kristen meet up in the Dream World. And they finally make their way to Robert. You know, after Kincaid, like, curses Freddy out. Uh, for quite Robert, some time.
1: you said it again.
0: Hmm? Joey. Joey? Okay, I put in Robert. Whatever. Uh, why
1: are you calling him Robert? I put
0: in Robert. I don't know why I put in Robert. I think, well, Robert's like his real name. It's Is not, it really? I, yeah, Right. because like, it's, it's like Rodney. Robert. Rodney. Who cares? Who cares? I call him Robert. He's Robert from his four album. His now, name is Joey. I man. won't call him Robert anymore. Joey. Screw Joey. F Joey. Your name's Robert today. I made the rules. I'm the Dream Warrior. Oh. <laughs> okay. So Matt's
1: Dream Warrior abilities is to rewrite people's names. To do
0: what the F I want to do. It's he
1: rebrands do. things. Uh, That's it. I do what the F his I want to do. His power is less useful than it terms. is
0: the most most useful. I one am. What if I name Freddie uh, Franklin? Franklin Kruger, he's like half as powerful.
1: Franklin Cromer. <laughs> and so,
0: uh, so they go to free Joey. They go to free Joey. Joey's still tied to the bed. Joey's still tied to the bed. And then she's like, let him go. Uh, and
1: yeah, Freddie's <laughs> like,
0: okay. <laughs> hey, no problem, big dog. Yeah, I will happily oblige you. Uh, yeah, because
1: he does a little like the the little um the little
0: court cur- seat. Yeah, like, little yeah,
1: little yeah. Little. He does a little bow. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> uh,
0: so they they eventually get Joey free. You know, Joey's almost getting ready to fall into like his hell pit. They grab him and they pull him out, and he they cares start showing really... his muscles. Yeah, exactly. And they they start fighting with Freddy, but Freddy is just overpowering them. There's like nothing they can do to stop him. And he reveals that he's getting stronger because he's been absorbing the souls of the kids he's killed.
1: And he's got more to come.
0: He's got more to come. Uh, And also, before all that, you know, uh, Joey's dream power is revealed. You know, it's another scene where they get out of, like, that little boiler or, like, hill area where, um, where Joey's being captured. And there's, like, this room full of, like, glass mirrors. And Freddy pulls everyone into the mirrors, but Joey screams, you know, because in the dream world, he has his voice back. And he busts the mirrors. And that like, oh, Freddy's, um... Freddy's dead. I uh, ain't dead. But,
1: okay, now we gotta kind of, like, cut away from the dream, and we gotta talk about what's going on, on the outside. Yeah, because... For a second. For a brief second. They
0: finally track down Freddy's remains. That uh,
1: is, for people that
0: aren't keeping up,
1: Neil... And Nancy's dad.
0: And Nancy's pops, yeah. They they track down Freddy's remains. It's like in the back of like this old, beat-up cow. Yeah,
1: this is one of the, like, just to kind of let people know what's going on. This is kind of going back and forth between the dream sequence and them.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, continue. Okay. And uh, and so they get the remains out, and they go to bury it. Nancy's dad actually tries to leave. He's like, bro, I agree to bring you to the remains. I ain't tell you how to help you bury it. But Neil... Thinking ahead, yeah, man is, that he's he a is. doctor, thinking ahead, actually has the keys for the car in his pocket. Say, like, hey, bro, where you going?
1: Oh, before we get too far with that, I do like to talk about the uh, church scene. Okay. <laughs> Whenever they pull up to get, like, because they got to get the holy water and all that. They do, they
0: do. They do and get so, the holy like, water.
1: Nancy's dad, like, dr- is a cop now, and he's over here drinking, like, in his patrol car. And he's about to like hit the bottle and Neil steals the guy's liquor. Yep. He's like, Hey,
0: come on, man. Let me have my hooch.
1: So he steals the guy's liquor and the keys goes into the church and he pours the liquor out and he goes and gets the holy water in the bottle. Yep. And then he steals the uh, crucifix. And then the priest is like, Hey, what are you doing? I need
0: this big dog. I need this. He's like,
1: here, uh, here, here's my license. I'll come back and get it.
0: Bring <laughs> it back, man. It's, it's across. I'll get you another one. Uh, so, you know, as they're trying to actually bury Freddy's remains, uh, Freddy actually, he realizes what's going on, and he, like, leaves the dreamscape for a while. And to show you how powerful he is now, he actually manifests in the real world. He manifests through his skeletal remains, and he proceeds to beat the crap out of both of them.
1: Maybe Uh, that's what his end game was. Who knows? To get powerful enough to come back to the real world.
0: But he doesn't get that far. Yeah. Uh,
1: Never does.
0: He kills Nancy's dad. He beats the crap out of Neil. And then once he's done bodying them, he goes back to the dream world. And so Nancy's dad comes down like in the sparkly glow and says, hey, Nancy, I've I moved on. And, you know, he's like, you always be like my baby girl. And they hug and they embrace. But that ain't her pops. That's one Fred Krueger. He stabs her right in the chest. So Nancy's gone. We lost the real one. We lost the real one. Rip. RIP. And so they do the best they can to save Nancy's life and fight off Freddy and they're just not doing a good job Freddy's just he's beating the crap out of he's butchering on there just one step away from death Neil wakes up and just in the nick of time buries the bones and splashes holy water on him effectively killing one Freddy Krueger or making his soul pass on and so pretty much after that moment the movie is basically over except for maybe two two important scenes. One, Dr. Neil during uh, Nancy's funeral, Dr. neil walks over to like another plot. And on you know, that plot, you see one Amanda Kruger. But on that plot, or on that tombstone, it also has her nun name, which is Mary Helen. So the person who... Told Doctor Neil how to get rid of Freddie, which Freddie's own mother, the ghost of Freddie's mother, actually gave them the information to kill her son. So I thought that was a really, really big revelation, and you know it actually plays a really big role in the rest of the franchise from right here on out. And that's a wrap. That that movie is essentially over after that after that one big reveal.
1: Yeah, there's another cool thing in the movie because um when the nun was talking to neil about um what does he believe in like um what you know like his religion and everything Mm -hmm. and he said uh well i guess i'm just a man of science and she's like that might not be enough yo what does that tell you yeah she's like what a terrible faith you will have or something like that like that must be a long no it's like like that must be a lonely belief
0: that you have. Yep, because that's that's not gonna be enough to get what you need done. Not no, in this scenario. Not
1: with them, Freddie, bro.
0: And so that that's pretty much the end of the movie. Uh you know, if I had to get my take on it, like I said, this this I still consider this to be one of my one of probably my favorite horror movie of all time. Uh what I liked about it, I like that Freddie was unhinged. I like that Robert Englund was absolutely at his best, um, really fitting into this character. The scenes, the depths were horrible as always. There were tense, and the revelations that you get throughout the movie make it really, really interesting. Uh, of course, the acting isn't top-notch. You know, this isn't some Golden Globe. This isn't some Emmy-winning it's a, performance.
1: It's an 80s slasher film. It's
0: an 80s slasher movie. So there's a, there's some things to be desired as far as acting goes. But the way the movie was shot, cut, directed, I think that was all done phenomenally well. The production values of this movie really were really good um you know i feel like even nowadays you don't get effects like what they gave you out of this movie Mm -hmm. and i think everything they did fit i think they learned from the mistakes of the first one and the second movie and they didn't make these mistakes twice Uh, to give this movie a review right now i'm going to give it the highest review score i've ever given a movie so far and i'm going to give it a five out of five
1: Oh, look at you. Now,
0: I, I really do that because, you know, I always say things aren't perfect, but I was engrossed from beginning to end in this movie. Uh, This movie built up the lore of the entire franchise. It gives you something else to look forward to when you're watching the other movies, how it plays out. Uh, Freddy is, even though this movie is called Dream Warrior, and they can actually fight back in no way, shape, or form, is Freddy Krueger diminished or weakened. Uh, not at all. He's even more powerful in this than some of the other ones that he's been in. Even in the first one. Even in the first one, he's stronger. He's more badass. He's even more of a damn killer than he ever was in the past. You know, and I also like the uh, also like the the recurring roles of Nancy, Doctor Neil did a good job. You know, I, you know, I just I, I liked everything about the movie. So I give it a five out of five on my side.
1: I. We'll probably give it a 3.5. Mm-hmm. And it's just because I still enjoyed the first one more. Uh, I really don't have nothing negative about this movie right. at all. It's just, it has got some flaws, though. But that's just because it's a the time period it was. Yeah, it made nice. in the 80s. But it, I liked it, though. And you guys got to realize is a 3.5 is a good score, though. That's. At like a seventy-five. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's still a good score. It's a good movie. It's just, I'm just gonna go with three-point-five. But overall, I really, I do think I can't remember the other sequels yet, though. I have to go back and rewatch all of them. It's way better than the second one. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. That movie is like a, a one for me. Three-point-five, solid three-point-five. I liked it. It's good. Good okay, good movie.
0: All right, so that I'm done with Nightmare on Elm Street, sir. What's the next one up?
1: The next one up is going to be Halloween twenty eighteen. Halloween. Now, one thing I was one I was talking to Matt about earlier today, um, was how we chose two sequels that kind of semi ignored the previous sequels. That's very true. Because one of the things we talked about with The Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 was that he completely ignores Part 2. You don't hear anything about Jesse. You don't hear anything about the other kids getting killed in that movie. Not at all. You don't even hear about anything at all related from Part 2 to Part 3. So Halloween 2018 does a similar fashion. He completely erases every single Halloween movie sequel other than the original 1978, Halloween. Alright, so Halloween 2018 is directed by David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green. And what's ironic, uh, what's kind of funny about that is that he's actually a very like diverse director. He goes around and does like different things. He does drama, he does comedy, and he does horror. But most people will probably recognize his most iconic work as being Pineapple Express. He was actually the director of Pineapple Express. But, yeah, hey, he uh, he got pulled in and uh, to actually, uh, he co-wrote the script with Danny McBride, which is also another very iconic funny man who plays in like Eastbound and Down. Um, Hot Rod, uh, basically anything with Judd Apatow, any of his kind of like his crew, he plays in a lot of those movies. A lot of people probably know who Danny McBride really is. Um, then there's also another guy named Jeff uh, Fradley, Fradley mm-hmm. is uh, also part of the co writes. The film brings back Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. It has Judy Greer as her daughter Karen Nelson. Will Patton as Deputy Frank Hawkins, and... Alec Vilgener. ...as Dr. Ramber Sartain. And a newer kind of face, Andy Mitchkin as Allison Nielsen, which is Laurie's granddaughter. And Nick Castle actually comes back and does uh, a few scenes as Michael. He doesn't do all the scenes, Cause he kind of has like a stuntman doing like a lot of like the heavy lifting throughout the whole film, but he comes back for like a lot of the standing at the windows and kind of like, you know, the staring off in the distance and just being Michael. Mm -hmm. And he also did, um, the recordings for breathing, like the breathing that you heard, like his deep breathing and the mask and all that. Right. So you get a lot of that. And this is actually Mm -hmm. a, a first part of a planned trilogy. That's supposed to finish out the storyline of the 1978 film. And so to kind of give some people that may not be familiar, because we did do a review for Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, We were going to do a review for the 1978 film, but we kind of scrapped that one. Um, Just kind of give a quick gist of the 1978 film. It follows the story of one Michael Myers, a criminally insane mental patient, that was hospitalized after stabbing his sister to death when he was only six years old on Halloween night. Michael Myers returns 15 years later to his hometown of Haddonville and he stalks a young woman, a 17-year-old babysitter named Lori Strode and her group of friends, while his psychiatrist, Dr. Loomis, with the help of the local police, pursued Michael. That Halloween night, Michael kills Lori's friends one by one until she barely escapes when Dr. Loomis fires on Michael multiple times, knocking him out the window. So this movie basically uh, plays off the idea that after Dr. Loomis shot Michael like six times and he falls off the balcony and then whenever he looks over the edge and he doesn't see Michael's body there anymore, what happens is that when Michael gets up and tries to get away, Officer Hawkins.
0: Where is he? Where's Michael?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Officer Hawkins actually apprehends him. So he doesn't, he gets uh, sentenced back to Smith Grove. So the, the movie opens up at Smith Grove Sanitarium. It's a mental health facility for the criminally insane. And this is also the same facility that Michael was in in the original 1978 film. Now we have two very famous true crime journalists who are basically podcasters Yay! um, named uh, Aaron and Donna. And their goal is to meet with Michael Myers. They hope to be able to pull what they did before. Um, They mentioned later on in the film about how they were able to shed light on a previous case by going and investigating it. And they're hoping to do the same thing. Kind of basically hit... uh, Let lightning strike twice. Get lightning in the bottle again. So uh, their thing is, is they're going to go meet with Michael Myers and try to see if they can do the same thing because this is going to be like a very... His whole story is like a very famous thing. They want to try to get like that first group to actually try to figure out what happened. Why did Michael do what he did? And so... The thing is, they're meeting up with him like the day of him being transferred to a new facility. And it's against his psychiatrist, Dr. Sartain's will. Dr. Sartain does not believe that the new facility is actually going to be adequate in um, housing Michael and his needs because he feels like he's not going to be able to get the proper treatment that he gets Mm -hmm. here. Because, But he feels because that they're not going to find anything out about him because basically Michael's just been mute and just kind of to yeah, himself yep. for like 40 years straight. So they're kind of feeling like you know he's just a lost cause. Now we find out that Dr. Sartain is actually a student of Dr. Loomis. And that was the reason why he became so obsessed with Michael. So now we're going to get our first uh, introduction to Michael in the movie. And... This basically is kind of like um, would you say like a courtyard, kind of thing?
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird looking. Really, we look at it. It's like it is like a giant courtyard, but they're squared off like in these blocks. Yeah, and they're like they're like anchored down by chains and weights.
1: Do you want to go over that like yeah. that whole thing about how the courtyard scene plays out? Yeah, the courtyard scene, man. It's it's pretty it's pretty trippy.
0: Uh, when you think about it, because these two these two uh. Investigators, journalists, podcasters, whatever you want to call them, their whole goal is to antagonize Michael, to get a reaction out of
1: him. They just want him to speak.
0: Yeah, they want him to say something. And of course, he's not speaking, you know, because he's Michael Friggin Myers. He's just like a nut job. Don't uh, talk. And it goes to the point where he actually holds up Michael's old mask. And this, and it kind of makes things feel very supernatural because Michael doesn't talk, but you can feel this aura. Coming off of even in the scene, this aura is affecting everyone. The other inmates that are like chained down, even the dogs begin to bark. Everyone freaks out. There's all this hysteria going on. Alarms going off. And Michael just stares straight ahead. He just stares straight ahead, unfazed, unmoved at all. And I thought that was really epic, man. I, I thought that was I thought that was well done. I thought that was an excellent scene, and it kind of really gets you the you know, it's this is the first moment in the movie where it really gets you to sit down and say, All right, I'm in for a treat. Yeah. We're in for like a good little show. They like,
1: they don't play it around, it pull you in, like, with that scene. And another thing too is like they immediately, right after that, like they cut into the opening credits. And they basically do kind of the reverse of what they did in the nineteen seventy eight film. In the credits for that, you had the pumpkin basically coming apart yeah and in this one it's like a decayed pumpkin and it's slowly being rebuilt like it's kind of like in reverse like coming back to normal and it's in the shape of the original pumpkin from 1978 so it kind of gives that idea that this is going to be a refresher to this uh, yep. franchise mm-hmm. we're going to start fresh get it back to the roots where it was originally done was it's, it's a new it's a new movie
0: yep it's things are going to
1: happen so that was actually really cool. I thought that was a good way they kind of did that. They they got you pumped up about what's going to happen with Michael. They already getting you pulled in. They're giving you signs that hey, we're st- we're starting this franchise fresh. We're going back to the roots.
0: Mm-hmm. We're
1: we're bringing everything you want. We're giving you more Michael. We're giving you the original roots of the story. We're gonna we're gonna you're gonna be in for a treat. So when they don't get a response from Michael. Aaron and Donna decide to head to their next lead. This leads them to the only survivor of that night uh, of Michael's murder spree, Lori Strode. Yep. And they believe that uh, she may have some kind of connection to be able to, uh, like, kind of like bring out like Michael's thoughts on what happened. They they just think that if they could take her and take her to Michael he will have a reaction to her and they might be able to figure out what's going on. Yeah. So, they pull up and she's got her gate, got a little intercom system. They got, cam- she's got cameras everywhere and they buzz in and she basically is like cut and dry with him. She's like, what you want? Yeah, what's up, dude? get off my property. And so like, they're, yeah, they kids get off alone. <laughs> exactly. She's like the old grumpy man, but a woman. <laughs> but, so, They try to communicate with her, and they they basically say, hey, we got a a podcast that we're doing. We're investigative journalists, and we're we're wanting to talk to you about this. And she doesn't really give them, like, any response. And so the girl offers her, Donna offers her $3,000 to sit down and talk with. And Lori still doesn't respond, but she opens the gate, lets them come in. So they sit down and they talk. And they've done their research on Lori. They talk about uh you get a little bit of uh exposition on like what happened with Lori in the 40 years. She had two failed marriages. Uh she lost uh custody of her daughter when her daughter was twelve years old. Mm-hmm. And basically she's kind of like solace. she's been like in solitary to herself. Like Do pretty bad. Yeah, like a recluse, um very like doomsday prep and everything like that and basically they're trying to say well if you go and sit down with michael and talk to him not only will it might give us a shot at see what's going on with him but it could save you too right and lori doesn't like that answer and she gets up and she opens the door and she basically says uh bye Yeah, peace out, yo. Um, But give me my money first. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I appreciate Lori for that. Yep.
0: Hey, you got to do what you got to do, man.
1: Give give me my money. (laughs) So after that, um, we uh, catch up with Lori's daughter, Karen, and her granddaughter and her husband. Uh, Her granddaughter is Allison, and her husband's name is Ray. I'm going to say this now Ray. You did not deserve what happened.
0: Good man that Ray. Good man. I good like good his man. man.
1: He was a funny he was a funny good dad. Man. Loving dad and he's a great man. Anyway, that's a little foreshadowing. But uh so anyway, they're all sitting down for like a breakfast or whatever, and uh they're talking about uh dinner that night. They're supposed to be meeting um Allison's boyfriend Cameron. And yeah, you know Dad's bad. making yeah. jokes about it and everything like He's proud that he switched over to uh, marshmallow fluff instead of using peanut butter because he's going to finally catch them rats in the house. Like, <laughs> he is so, like, he's such a dad. Yeah, hey, you
0: know what? I'm going to get these
1: S-O-B's. I'm, I'm going to get these rats. They're terrorizing yeah, we'll my house. And we're going to get that straight. So we had that interaction about that. You kind of get, you see how they're, you know, they're doing pretty good. But then Allison uh, asked her mom, hey, did you talk to grandma about the night? And Allison's, I mean, um, Karen's like, of course I did. He says, like, oh, you really did? And she's like, yeah, she's not going to be able to go because of she being agoraphobe and stuff like that. She can't do it.
0: She's crazy. She
1: uh, she just can't leave it. And she's like, you can tell Allison's not really like okay with her answer. Yeah. And so she's like, do she, you hear the, um, the doorbell ring? And she's like, that's my friends. I got to go. So, she's walking to school with her friends, which is uh, Vicky and Dave. And Dave and Vicky are a couple. Just not really important, but it kind of is. So, so she's talking to them, and she basically explains about how, like, yeah, I just caught my mom lying to me about my grandma and stuff. And then this is whenever they kind of, like, finally clear the air about this movie. Like, not only have we got this whole, like, we got this really new introduction to Michael. Right. We're getting this idea that it's going to be a new fresh start to the franchise. They finally clear the air that this is not like the previous movies. Lori is not Michael's sister. Right. They they even do it in a really clever way because it's kind of like, Dave's like, well, wasn't the guy that killed her friend, your grandma's friends, wasn't that like her brother or something like that? Yeah,
0: something crazy,
1: yeah. And Allison explains it like, no, that was a rumor. That people just say to make themselves feel better, implying that you know people were coming up with this rumor about the reason why Michael did what he did was because he was after Lori. Exactly. And it's just like the human nature. There's always got to be a reasoning for something.
0: Yeah, you always, you know, we can never accept things that like just face value. It can never be. It is what it is. Yeah,
1: it's not one of those things where it's just a random event where some guy just went crazy and wanted to kill some people. They just want to know oh, he just did it because it was his sister. It wasn't just... It couldn't It wouldn't have been... It could have not just been me. It was just because it was his sister. So they clear the air that this is not the same thing. They're not siblings. Yep. She was just a victim that night. Dave kind of plays off that little thing about like, well, you know, considering today's standards, uh, a guy killing a few people that night and then getting incarcerated... It's not a really big deal considering what's going on now. I mean, you know, in a way, you look at it, looking at how the world is now. He kind of has a point, but uh-huh. he didn't really say it the best way. No, he didn't
0: really. He didn't really break uh, really that down the right way.
1: Yeah, he wasn't thinking when he said it, and
0: he um, wasn't thinking at all.
1: You know, and Vicky basically kind of says, uh, "You know what? Shut the f up." Man.
0: Yeah, no, you just quit. Just, he he kind of like
1: he, so he he blows a pumpkin up to kind of get everybody's mind off of everything. So later on, uh, Allison's in school. You meet a few more people, like her boyfriend and his best friend Oscar. Mm. They're not important. <laughs> they really aren't. Not really. <laughs> and then, so like later on, you get that really cool shot of like Allison sitting in the classroom, and it's kind of like a homage back to uh, when Lori's was sitting in the classroom in the original. Yeah. And she's looking out the window, but instead of Michael looking out the window, it's Lori looking at her uh, granddaughter. So they meet up and they talk and Lori gives Allison the $3,000. Give and me my money. She's like, do whatever you want with it. Sure. She's like, uh, I'll go, pay my bills. go to uh Go to Mexico. Do something. And she's like, I'll just put it in, I'll put it in college fund. And she's like, no, don't do that. Just go out and enjoy yourself. And she's like, well, what about my mom? And she's like, don't worry, your mom will get over it. This is where Allison kind of says, well, what about Michael? You haven't got over him. And she's like, kind of walking away and yeah. she's like you need to let him go before uh because he's caused more da- it's caused more damage and she kind of goes well you know what if losing your mother is the price that i paid for teaching her how to survive then i'm okay with that mm. so a little bit later on michael is about to be transported to the new facility and, uh, yeah,
0: just like the uh, well, yeah, this this gets really close to uh, the original, the original at this point. We're yeah, about to well,
1: see. He, he's getting really close to it. So he's getting transferred. Doctor Sartain decides to go with him. He wants to escort Michael since he's his patient. He wants to take him to the new, uh, to the new facility and drop him off. Basically, hand him off. We get that scene where Laurie is trying to like. She's planning to do something. It's never really clear what it is, but it's probably from the intention she's gonna try to like kill Michael.
0: Yeah, I think what she wanna do, she wants to try to like maybe like break in or something like that, yeah, like, or maybe even get a glimpse at him, uh, finally in his reign of terror.
1: So we talked about this a little bit before, but you you saw the when she took the little mini shots and she yeah. was drinking them to kind of calm her nerves, just
0: guzzling them shots down, baby, like I gotta drink away the pain.
1: And so she couldn't do it. She just snaps. And what do you think the reason why, you, why do you think she couldn't do it?
0: I don't know. It's got to be the trauma from the first set of events. You know, the thing about it is, even though she, you know, you're going to talk about a little bit, even though she trained, it's still hard to face you or it's hard to face the, your killer. It's hard to face the person that was so close to taking your, your life. Even though I think she has some good resolve. I think that base human instinct kind of came in mm-hmm. and maybe stopped her from doing it.
1: Like the, the flight or flight.
0: I would say fight or flight, but it's kind of like, you know, You know, it's hard as a human being to willingly put yourself in harm's way. Right. Uh, When you know that somebody can and will, without a shadow of doubt, hurt you, kill you, maim you, you're you're not going to, if you come back from this, you're going to be crippled or you're going to be dead. And so it's hard for uh, anybody to face like that fear or to face that threat. So I think that's what had a lot to do with it. And then, you know, there's also a little security of him actually being locked up too. So she didn't necessarily have to kill him as well. He would still be yeah. taken care of. At could least...
1: be, it could be one of those things where it was like, if I do this, there's a possibility I'm going to mess up. Exactly. And he's going to go on a killing spree.
0: Exactly.
1: So, because of that, she uh, fails at doing what she was trying to do. She basically crashes Allison's like little, like um, I guess it's a graduation party because mm-hmm. it looked like a graduation party. Or something. I don't know. Why would it be a graduation party in October?
0: Who knows?
1: I don't know. My husband still wants been in school.
0: graduation.
1: Maybe she graduated early. I don't know. She had like a, like a valedictorian thing. Yeah, she had something on. Huh? Yeah, they did they never after, explained yeah. it. They just talked about
0: it. would that's just a plot hole.
1: So, anyway, Lori shows up and she's trying to like, you know, talk to her family and all that. She's already drunk from the little shot she was doing in the in their little vehicle and she still Ray's wine and just starts chugging it. Yeah. <laughs> and then she sits down and all that and then she basically breaks down. But like she has just a, a full breakdown about how she couldn't do it. She saw she saw the shape. She just couldn't do it. So they send her off and then you kind of have like a little bit of a, like a a moment with Karen about her childhood and about how it was. She talks about you know the training and all that and she that was all she knew. Now, we're going to get into what you were talking about. Do you want to go through that? Go through what? The scenario with the father and the son driving up on the patients.
0: Um. Yeah, I can do it or you can lead into it. It's fine way.
1: Anyway. Right. All right. So yeah, I'll go ahead and lead into it. So we cut in after that. We cut away back to uh, a father and a son. They're kind of driving down the road. Coming, They're about to go on a hunting trip. Have a funny little interchange between the sun. Yeah, have and a about, good old time. About, I, I like going with you hunting, Dad, but uh, dancing. Dancing's my life, man. I just want to dance. <laughs> it's really irrelevant, but it's just yeah. a funny little It's thing. just
0: something there, you know what I mean?
1: It's it's clever. like It gives you like those moments of humor, and then whenever the shocking stuff comes into play, it's like, oh. oh. Yeah, I
0: didn't see that coming.
1: So... But lo and behold, they're driving and her his son's like, Dad, watch out. And they about almost hit some patients just kinda of wandering around. You wanna go ahead and finish?
0: Oh uh, yeah. So the patients are wandering around and stuff like that. And the dad gets out of the car. He's like, Hey bro, just, you know, sit tight. Let me see what's going on. Uh that was that was such a terrible idea. Cause he was gone for like quite some time and the kid reaches in the back backseat, gets a rifle, he walks out uh he gets the rifle he goes up to the police officer the police officers like run
1: like don't wait
0: yeah like, get just out run. you know he don't necessarily do that he still goes <laughs> like into the uh the truck itself
1: and, he's looking know, for his dad
0: he's looking for his pops and then you see the uh you see the doctor the doctor's in the truck i forget his name already sartain sartain sartain's in the truck so he's like, don't shoot. And the kid, like, pops him with his shoulder. <laughs> like, as, soon as he said that, the kid, like, the kid's him. like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, he shoots him. And he runs into the back of the vehicle. Yeah. And unbeknownst to him, uh, when Michael Myers is in the back of that vehicle, he grabs him. And he snaps his neck.
1: He kills a kid on
0: camera. He kills a kid on camera, which is such a, a rare occurrence it's nowadays. Very rare.
1: This such a rare occurrence. This thing that shows you this movie's not playing. Yeah, else.
0: it's a little different, man. It's a little different from uh, what we're used to. But yeah, he snaps his neck, and you know, then it segues into the next scene. Right after that, a transitions to the next scene, and uh, then we also we're gonna have a moment in the future where they find like his dad's body as well. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, uh, this we get into the scene with Hawkins. Yep. Hawkins uh, gets a call about the uh, uh, the crash, and he goes and investigates. He sees the son's dad's neck like,
0: yeah, ill shaped.
1: Yeah, and he opens up the um, bus, and Sartain's still alive, so he takes him to uh, the hospital, where they're trying to like uh, find out if he's gonna be, you know if he's gonna be all right. And they he's in and out because he lost a lot of blood the sheriff comes in and he talks to Hawkins and this is, you know, Hawkins, like I was saying earlier at the beginning, Hawkins is the one that apprehended Michael the night of. Right. And so he's looking over the patient list and everything like that and the sheriff's like, well, we found a bunch of them. We're missing like three or so people and Hawkins is like, well, the only thing I'm concerned about is look at this, look at this name and he points out Michael Myers' name. So, The sheriff kind of plays it off, kind of like, you know, oh God, Michael is that loose on Halloween. This is the whole town's gonna go crazy. He's like, I mean, what you gonna do? Cancel Halloween?
0: Which was probably what he should have done with with, the grand scheme of things.
1: Very American of them,
0: very American. Oh, you guys aren't gonna take my freedoms, proceeds to (laughs) die uh, because of those
1: freedoms. Uh, those freedoms. Yeah, it was freedom. those it freedoms. Those freedoms. <laughs> you can't pass die. my freedoms.
0: Yep. sees to lose his life.
1: So after all that, um we get uh Aaron and Donna. Dana. I keep wanting to say Donna. Is it Donna?
0: I don't remember. Oh,
1: it's Dana, I think it
0: is. I'll I'll trust your judgment, sir.
1: It looks like Dana. Aaron and Dana <laughs> make a stop at a local gas station to get gas. This is after they visited mm-hmm. uh, Judith Myers's grave plot, and um you see uh Dana's gotta go to the restroom she drops uh the mask and all of the paperwork they're working on in the back seat of the uh in the um trunk of the car and she goes to use the bathroom and everything like that and while she's doing that, you see that the the truck pull up that the um father and son had and you kind of see. You know, some things going on in the background with Michael. He, he's there.
0: Yeah, beating the crap out of some dude. <laughs> he's,
1: yeah, like, I was watching it again recently. I was watching Matt was just watching it, and I was finishing it up. He was finishing it up when I came over. And uh, he, I didn't notice the scene whenever she leaves to go to the bathroom. You see Michael in the garage just beating the crap yeah, out he's of the cat. just guy.
0: wailing on the cat, dude. <laughs> so, beating the devil out of him.
1: So Donna, Donna, or Dana... Mighty is it Donna or Dana? It's not much longer. She ain't going to be in here. Really. Diana. She ain't going to be relevant much longer anyway. So Dana goes to the restroom. And, you know, after a little funny moments of all the stalls being nasty, she finally picks the last stall. And then guess who follows her in the stall? One Michael Myers. With his boots. Just a stomp. Yep. So, he goes down the stalls, and he starts punch pushing them, and she's kind of like a little, you know, taken back. and he finally gets down to hers, and he does the little shake in the door. Yep. Yeah. And she's like, S- somebody's here. So, he kind of steps Ocupado, back.
0: Occupado, sir.
1: Yeah, so he kind of steps back, you know. And uh, about this time, Aaron's going to go pay for the gas, and uh, he sees that. Well, one of the guys he sees he finds the two uh, garage guys dead. Yeah, one of them's completely missing his uniform. The other guy got his whole like jaw like, ripped yeah, out. Yeah, his
0: teeth are gone.
1: And where did those teeth go, Matt?
0: Well, uh, in Mister Michael's hands, where he proceeded to drop them in the bathroom stall where she was uh, sitting. <laughs> uh, so it was uh that was a pretty intense scene. What what kind of happens is that. Freddie's like, oh, not Freddie. Why well, I said Freddie. Uh, Michael's like, hey, this this bad boy ain't occupied. I'm coming in. And so he starts <laughs> rattling the door. Uh, she's frantic. She pulls up her pants. She crawls into the other bathroom stall. So she's just doing all she can to get away. And then the other guy, I forget his name that yeah. quickly, uh, Aaron, he comes in with like a
1: crowbar. He's not relevant
0: after this scene. Yeah, he is. He, he comes in with a crowbar, and he does all he can to fight off he hit, Michael. He gets much. one good hit in yeah, before his head started hitting the wall, the wall, the bathroom stalls, and blood was of. coming
1: out of every part of his head you yeah. he could think of.
0: Yeah, Michael's uh, Mike was beating the he's uh,
1: a beast the, in this the movie the dog for like how guys. old is he in this movie? Like sixty. Got be old, yeah. He's, be he's sixty-one. Old. He's old than this one too. He's sixty-one. Yeah, so he's he's beating the cra- he's beating the crap 61 out of sixty-one-year-old man beating the crap yeah, out he of beat this
0: the guy. the crap out of him. And then uh, you know, after he finishes bashing his head into the wall. He makes his way to the old girl. Once again, she does everything she can to escape. He pins her to the wall, chokes her out, kills her. Yep, just like that.
1: So then, after he does that, this becomes one of my... Uh, there's a lot of really good shots, iconic scenes and stuff like that. And this is coming up to this part right here. He opens up the trunk and he gets his mask out. And yep. then you got like a new version of the Halloween theme. Though. Can't
0: go to work unless you got the proper gear.
1: Exactly. You got to get the... the um. Mechanic uniform with yeah. the boots, and you gotta have a white mask that looks like William Shatner.
0: Yeah, do right thing, man. You
1: gotta do it. <laughs> so you, you also get a really good piece of uh, a new version of one of the Halloween things, the ambient one. Yeah, and it's kind of like a real slow build up, and it's really well done when he's pulling the mask on real slow and everything. And then he closes down the trunk, and you see like his whole face looking straight on. Really good framing and everything like that. Right. So after that. We go into one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie. Michael's first legitimate killing spree. And it's a bunch of like it's a neighborhood just getting ready to do Halloween stuff.
0: Yeah, everybody's got like outfits on and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: kids running up and all that and a couple of kids bump into Michael. And he just kind of does like he did, like in the 1978 one, whenever uh, that little bully buttoned into him. Yeah. He just kind of stops him and he just kind of like shrugs him. Yeah, it keeps on going. He, he, he has just, no
0: intention of killing kids here.
1: Yeah, unless you're in his way. Yeah, it's little true.
0: Boy
1: was. And he just kind of looks in. He's basically taking it all in. He's like, Yes! There's yeah, so I many it. people I, I can need to kill, kill those
0: guys. In. Yeah.
1: Oh! <sighs> It I need bumps. to
0: kill. I need to kill these guys. <laughs> he's
1: like he's like looking around, and so he looks. He turns down his house, and he walks kind of like down the side of the house, and there's just like this woman who's coming in, mm-hmm. and it's like a garage like thing,
0: right? Kind of like the automatic one stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and he goes down there and he picks up a hammer, and he this this scene just right there didn't casually he, strolls yeah, on it. Just in. does it, and this is where I'm talking about, like from after that, because they they go down to that scene with him getting the hammer. And then after that cut, it's like almost like a continuous shot after
0: that. Yeah, it's like almost straight through.
1: Which is very reminiscent of the original uh, one shot done in the nineteen seventy eight on his first kill. Right. So it's like his first kill. spree back out.
0: And yeah, run. back out in the wild and everything. Yeah,
1: I mean like he doesn't count the stuff he did before because that's just him getting his uh, uniform. He had to get his clothes. You know, he had to get yep. ready for work. He had, yeah, had to Get ready for ready work for work. <laughs> So from there you get all this continuous scene. So all of this is like bat to bat to bat. So he walks in there and the woman's over here making like a sandwich, kind of like a playback to a Halloween two when that woman was making the sandwich. Yeah. And um, but unfortunately for this woman, she doesn't live. <laughs> no, he uh he uh he, he makes, beats her uh... with that hammer. Yeah, he, uh, he
0: gets her right in the top of the forehead, man. Right in the top of the door. He, he beats her down. He comes,
1: into the, he comes into the house <laughs> oh, and then walks off the screen and you just hear him beating her. And you hear like yep. squishies, the everything coming out. He's like.
0: Yeah, he, to, he beats her up pretty good with the hammer.
1: And then he, he gets done and he walks back and he immediately turns and he walks back and he looks down and he sees the knife. Yeah. Puts the hammer down and picks up the knife. Oh, that's
0: a pretty good knife, man.
1: I like this knife. This
0: is the knife.
1: <laughs> so he walks, uh, and this is, uh, the camera follows him, and yeah. he proceeds to go through the f- the house. He walks right beside a baby crib. This woman had a baby. Right. Crying and everything like that. He stops for a second, and then just keeps going. Yeah, just keeps rocking on Don't even or, care. Or, yeah. Goes out the front door. <laughs> <laughs> Literally walks out the front yeah. door. These people, like I said, this is true American culture right here. These people are getting ready for Halloween. Yeah, they, have, they don't care. They don't care that this woman just died. As far as they know, she they faked her death. As far as they know, she didn't matter. Or
0: whatever, or whatever they give out on Halloween, she wants one of those.
1: Exactly. So, like, he, he's going down the scene, he's walking down there, and you see this couple getting in their car. And... um. The husband's like, hold on, I forgot something. It's like a piece of his costume. He had to run back in the house, and uh, his wife like looks back and looks towards uh, Michael, and she looks a little, you know, concerned. Yeah. But before anything can happen, he comes back and he's like, "Hey, it was in my pocket the whole time," and they don't even think anything else. He's yeah. like, "She's like, you got the directions and all that," and they pull off. Yeah. So Michael just watched them drive off. And then he just immediately turns to his right and there's a house and he sees a woman walking in. Hey, hmm. and looks so like a just, fresh victim. He just walks up to her yeah. house, looks and he's like, that was really cool done too, and he looks through the mirror and you see his reflection. And he's just looking and watching her while she's on the phone. And it stay the camera stays on her. And then he walks out of frame. And then you see him walk around the house. Yeah. And she goes out. And then she comes back and she's going to close the blinds. You see him walk up in her house and yeah, let's like,
0: stroll on in there, man. Hey, why don't I stretch out?
1: <laughs> one thing apparently I learned is if you got a neighborhood full of like Halloween people, like people like celebrating Halloween, they don't lock their doors. Yeah, this is
0: weird. This is weird. weird. Lock your doors.
1: So she's over there trying to close the blinds. And Michael comes up to her, grabs her head, smashes it on the um thing one time, and then shoves the knife right in her throat.
0: Yep. Pretty grotesque.
1: Yeah, it was pretty
0: bad. Yeah, pretty grotesque.
1: After all that happens, uh, we get we cut away back to Allison and Cameron. They're at a party, uh, a little Halloween party, and uh, they're taking pictures and all that. You know, doing things that teenagers do at at parties. And uh, so Allison gets a phone call, and it's Vicky, and Vicky's babysitting. Uh, one of the coolest kids. Yeah, coolest kids. I love this kid. Number one out of 10. This kid is like, Julian is like so great. He's so funny in this movie. Um, he's basically what the audience is <laughs> through this movie. So she's babysitting him. And uh, she basically tells, uh she tells Allison, she said, um, Julian's about when he goes to bed, y'all should just come over here and uh, we'll just kind of like, you know, relax and all that. And we'll do some Alakazam, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll hang out. Yeah, we'll have some fun. we
1: have some Alakazam. Yeah, have some fun. And so she's like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. So she hangs up. Ju- Julian's like, yeah. so what she says, I know you about to get your friends to come over here and y'all about to smoke weed. She's
0: like, like smoke weed? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah.
1: she said, we're, we're going to do magic. He's like, that Alakazam, that's weed talk right there.
0: It's weed, man. It's all it's all so the drugs. They have
1: a funny little interaction and all that, right? And so, um, he goes. She puts on the bed and everything. Finally, and uh, so after that, uh, some more stuff happened. Did all that happen with Allison and Cameron? That was after the Dave stuff, right?
0: No, it's Dave first.
1: No, Allison.
0: Oh, Allison. Like, yeah, that that happened before the Dave stuff.
1: Yeah, so. Basically, Allison comes back from the phone call and she sees Cameron making out or kissing another one, another, mm. another woman. And then, you know, Dave's uh, not Dave. Cameron's like, of course, it wasn't what you thought it was. She was just talking to me. He's yeah, drunk.
0: She's having a good time. Just try to be a right friend.
1: Yeah, he's drunk and everything. And uh, so they they have an argument and you, you said it really well. What's up? These people are not meant for each other. No, they
0: are. They are pretty. Uh, they are pretty toxic incarnate. They are yeah. not. Uh, I mean, if you got, if you're with somebody, have an argument, and that person's reaction is to throw your phone in the taco cheese bowl, they ain't the one for you, my friend.
1: Yeah, you might want to rethink it.
0: Yeah, they they ain't the one. They might not even be the second or the third. That that's that's not for you.
1: Yeah. Um. So. Anyway, Allison leaves. And then, you know, old Count Dracula. Yeah. Oscar is oh, like Vlad. basically like, you know, eavesdropping and all that. Yeah. You
0: deserve somebody better. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, we'll find out about that later.
0: <laughs> oh, Vlad. Yeah. So
1: we cut back to Vicky. Vicky's like, you know, taking care of stuff. Dave comes over, surprises her. And uh, she tells her about uh, Allison and uh, Cameron coming over later. And Dave's like, well, what are we going to do until then?
0: Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah.
1: And he's like she's like, uh, well he's like you wanna go get some popcorn and watch a movie? And Vicky's like, No. Like that, you know. And so he gets a tattoo of the night of that night, that day. So apparently he gets a tattoo yeah. of the day the day he's gonna lose his virginity or something. Well,
0: supreme confidence. But that the day well he, that one uh, today.
1: Uh, we're not gonna talk about it yet, but
0: Yeah, that one today. It's uh you know uh, he basically
1: uh tattooed his date of death. Yeah. Anyway, so they're kind of making out on the couch and all that. a yeah, great old time. And then
0: know, doing what kids do.
1: They hear they hear a noise. And so uh they now, go what the investigate. Hell is that? Yeah. So they go investigate, see what's going on, right? And then you got Julian. He's like you wanna do you wanna do the whole thing about Julian?
0: No, 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 you do Julian. Yeah. So,
1: Julian comes down and he's like freaking out. He's like scared. He's like, There's a there's a God, would have messed up yeah, face she said, my God, Dave Baru. Watching me and all that. And Dave's like, oh, it's just Julian. He's like, shut the F up, Dave.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dave. You Dave, you piece of crap. You're a die, Dave.
1: <laughs> so, he's like, so she's like, oh, there's nobody up there and all that. And then she's like, here, I'll go check. He's like, don't, don't, don't go up there, Vicky. Send Dave up there. <laughs> and Vicky's
0: like,
1: Vicky's like, I got this, don't worry. So, they go up there and she, uh. She plays a little prank on Julian. She kind of fakes you like... you need to st- leave, sir. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, God, what are you doing? No, no, no. And then she pops out like, ah! <laughs> and Julian's like... Like, come on, really? man. Really? Come on, you
0: gonna do me like that, Eric? You,
1: you playing me right now? Yeah, I'm Julian. How you gonna do me <laughs> like that? So, while all of that's going on, you know, Dave's like messing around, getting high. <laughs> and... Uh, so Julian uh, Vicky's trying to like uh put Julian in the bed and he's like, Can you at least close the closet door? Right. Hey, if you yeah, wanna yeah. go into the he's use the bathroom bad. <sighs> I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, I to say All right, that. Alright, we'll we'll go back to uh, Julian. I'll go. Alright. Alright. So we go Vicky is uh putting Julian to sleep and everything. And she kind of has to comfort him because, you know, he's a little kid and he's, yeah, he's scared. So, the last request he has for her is to close his closet door. Now, typically, when it comes to slasher films, this would probably be the first kill in most movies. But Michael has been
0: busy. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, uh, he already ex a couple people out.
1: He's, uh, he's been going pretty hard. Yep. And, um, so basically Vicky goes to close the closet door and um whenever she does, it doesn't quite shut. So she's trying to like push it and so she yeah, opens well, I will it. Close, yeah. yeah, she opens it and then there's Michael standing right there. And he just slashes her.
0: Like just Yeah, slashes. he gets a good time across the arm.
1: Yeah, you wanna go into more details with
0: it? Yeah, uh so, pretty much as going through, like, this particular part here, as they're tussling and stuff, he gets her, like, right behind the on, She, like, falls over. She's screaming and yelling and stuff like that. Julian don't know what the hell to do. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs>
1: His, like, response, like, oh, crap. Yeah, you don't
0: know what the hell to do. So, as she's, like, tussling with him, Julian runs out and tries to, like, go get Dave. Because uh, Dave's goofed off in the frigging uh, barn or something, messing with the motorcycle. Tips it over. He doesn't know what he's doing. And... And so Dave runs up as Julian runs out. She was like, "Hey, Julian, go get help." You, you know, she's telling Julian go get her some help.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he tells uh, Julian, "Tells Dave, bro, you go up there, you go to die." <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what I was yeah. saying. Julian's like so great because he's like what the audience. He's like the audience's voice.
0: Yeah, and bro, <laughs> if you go up there, you go to die, yeah, you know, Dave,
1: He does it so quick. You go to go there, you go to die, Dave.
0: <laughs> and Dave, being a man of uh, of action. Man action picks up a knife and goes up there,
1: and
0: it don't turn out well for you, boy. It don't. Uh, it don't turn out well it, in it, any it stretch don't. of the imagination. Doesn't so, it turn out well.
1: It it don't. So we get a uh, we get a scene with Hawkins, and uh, he gets a call about a domestic dispute, and so he rolls up on the house, uh, the house that Vicky and Dave are at. And meanwhile, at the same time, Lori is basically on a mission now because she's then already done took a stop at Karen's house, making sure she's safe. Um, Karen just basically brushed brush her off. Yeah. Uh, she's on the alert now. She's got her little ham, ham radio. She's got her little uh, police scanner. So she's listening in. She gets the domestic dispute call, too. So she goes to the same house. And Hawkins is going in the building and he's looking for people. Uh, he goes upstairs, goes to Julian's room.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And he sees, uh, like a, a person sitting there wearing, it looks like somebody sitting there wearing a ghost costume. And then the pumpkin that Dave had brought in earlier is sitting in the fish tank. Uh-huh. And, um... So he goes over there and he takes the cloak, he takes the sheet off, and Vicky is dead, obviously.
0: Yeah, she gone, you yeah.
1: And so she's just kind of like, you know, all bloody mess and all that. So Hawkins is kind of like seeing what's going on, investigating and all that. Lori's going around the house looking and seeing what's going on. And she looks in the window and she sees Michael in mm. the window. So she shoots. She tries to
0: shoot him. She's a crack shot too, cause yeah. she uh she well she hits the uh, she ends up hitting the mirror, but she hits that mirror dead center in the head. Yeah, yeah she's a she crack shot. It. If
1: Michael would have been actually sitting there, he would be dead. Yep. So Michael's like, well, time to go. <laughs> so he just <laughs> he just walks out of the house and he just walks right past Hawkins. It's like the room that Hawkins is in. He walks past. Yep. And Hawkins being alert now because of the gunshot, sees Michael. He tries calling out to him. Michael just ignores him. He tries shooting him, and he misses. Michael goes down the steps and all that. And so Hawkins is going out and everything. And as he's going down, he walks into the room that Michael went in, and you see where Dave, what happened to poor Dave.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. He didn't make it. Yeah.
1: He got he got
0: pinned up against the wall. He has a little tattoo as well, his too. a little
1: tattoo of 10-31-2018. Uh, poor boy.
0: Yeah, he didn't make it.
1: Very poor tattoo decision, too, by the way. <laughs> You, you think about that. If something happens and him and Vicky broke up, which they probably would if they if they didn't die, he's got a tattoo reminding of the time he he, he lost his virginity to this woman. And,
0: yeah, it didn't know, probably work out the way he wanted it, anyway.
1: <laughs> so Michael's going out of the building and out the house, and he's like just walking on, just nonstop, like don't even care. And Lori pops around the corner and she sees him, and she shoots him in the shoulder. <laughs> like, is, like you said, she's a crack <laughs> shot. But she did yeah. a lot of practicing. There. Yeah, she she, she has been shooting, you yeah. So she shoots him in the shoulder, but Michael just keeps going. And so Lori's kind of going around the corner. And then uh, Hawkins kind of bumps into him. And uh, they uh, basically figure out that they need to figure out what's going on. Yeah. So they get to the scene. They're cleaning up everything and all that. And then you got... Uh, Sartain's awake. Uh, He's there to help him figure out what's going on. So Hillman Hawkins goes out to go look for uh, some help and all that. Lori's trying to like get, she's going to go get her family and takes them to her house. Yeah,
0: they're just trying to all like meet up. (coughs) She's
1: basically trying to get everything straight. She's wanting to protect her family. They still haven't heard anything from Allison. So they're basically, the cops are looking for Allison right now. Because they can't get a hold of her because of her phone. Of what Cameron did.
0: Yeah, throw, yeah, once again, you're in a toxic relationship if somebody throws your phone in a cheese dip. And
1: then, and he, because he is mad at you because you're mad at him for kissing another yeah.
0: girl. Exactly. Who throws phone in cheese dip? Exactly. That's that's grounds for like, you know, Divorce. You get pushing your nose.
1: <laughs> if they were married, it would be divorced, right?
0: Throw now. my phone in cheese dip. Don't you dare? Right there in the bridge of your nose where I'm placing my fist.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> right, anyway, so. Allison and Oscar are walking down the road away from the party. And Oscar's like, you know, giving that whole, you deserve so much better, Allison. blah blah speech. you know, you know where this is going. Yeah, of course. So, uh, he's like, he sees the cops in the background and he's like, he's got a, like a whole ton of beer. And so he's like, let's make a short, let's take a short. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. He's like, let's take a shortcut. And so they jump, the, they jump the fence and all that, and he helps her across the fence, and he tries to go in for the kiss. Yeah, he tried to seal the deal. And Allison is not buying it. She was uncomfortable. She's like, what are you doing? He so I thought, he said, you deserve better. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, not you. Up. Yeah, yeah, y'all broke up. You know what I mean? Yeah, she said, not you. It's my turn. <laughs> so <laughs> Allison just walks off leaves
0: him. Yeah, but that's not how it works, big dog. And
1: so... So Oscar's like chasing after he trips, uh, trips the uh, motion sensor lights, freaks out a little bit, you know? And she's like, it's the motion sensor lights, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she walks off and then so Oscar looks at her and he sees a figure in the back.
0: He thinks it's like the neighbor or something. Like yeah.
1: That. So he's over there talking to him and all that. about like, yeah, he says, I I, I, I spilt my heart out to her. Is there a girl you really like? And. She don't like you. You know, he's going through his whole spill yeah. and all that. I
0: showed him my soul, son. I showed and, him
1: my soul. <laughs> and so he's not getting a response. And he's like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm about to leave. So as he's getting up, the light cuts off. And he moves again and it cuts back on and the figure's gone. And he's like looking around. He's like, that's kind of scary, you know?
0: Yeah, bro. Hey, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> and so like, by this point, you know it's Michael. And he looks towards the lights and then Michael's like standing under the lights and everything like that. But the guy, he can't quite see him yet. Yeah. He still can't tell who it is because he's drunk. The lights are kind of blinding him a little bit. And he's like, you kind of scare me. All right, I'll get out. I'm sorry. You know, like that. And then the lights cut off again. And then they cut back on as soon as Michael tries to stab him. Barely misses him. Oscar's running, screaming, <laughs> asking for help. And uh, he's trying to hop the fence. And he can't do it because his costume gets caught. Yep.
0: Oh, the old Vlad... And-
1: Old Old Vlad the Impaler,
0: yeah, Vlad gets impaled.
1: Because Michael just casually strolls up to him and just cuts stabs him in the back. Yeah. So, um, Allison, hearing the scream, she comes back to see what's going on. And she sees uh, Oscar's, uh, when the lights come back on, Oscar's dead.
0: Yeah, he's just done.
1: His face is, actually, that's really neat that you mentioned the, the, the impeller because his yeah, head's on the
0: impeller they're on spikes and
1: his head's actually through the spikes too yep just like that that's actually really neat i didn't even think about that i wonder if they thought about that they probably did yeah yeah
0: if i could if i can find the symbolism or if i can see that i'm sure somebody that's actually really cool smarter than me can see this that too. The
1: score up more <laughs> <laughs> so anyway <laughs> allison's kind of freaking and then michael walks around the corner and just, we get another version of the theme. Like, there's so many different variations of the There is, theme, yeah. And they're so great. Because, sound all good, too. Yeah. They're yeah. all so good. Like, there are some upbeat ones. You get the classic one. You get the upbeat ones. You get, like, a kind of industrial synthesizer one. You got a really cool melody one with um, when Lori's on there and stuff. You get some really cool stuff for her. Mm-hmm. So... Allison's freaking out. She runs around and um, she's like banging on the doors and some people kind of like, you know, comfort her and all that. Michael's kind of like, whatever. I don't care anymore. So, uh, Lauren, Karen, and um, Ray uh, meet at uh, Lori's house and uh, they're waiting on the police to find Allison. Uh, They go to the basement to wait and, you know, Lori, being the doom prepper that she is, got tons of weapons. It's
0: ready for war.
1: She got. She's
0: stocked up, baby.
1: So she's got all that, and um, Hawkins and Sartain finally uh, meet. Uh, they finally find Allison, and Allison shows him tells them about where Michael is and all that. What, what you know, what he's going? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, so what's going on? They're like, all right, well, you going to get in the car with us? We're going to go see. So they're driving out there, and they see, they spot Michael, and. Hawkins just floors, it,
0: yep, smashes, nails him. just Michael,
1: nails him, thinking he's got him, you know, think he got him killed. And damn, Sartain gets out of the car first and it's like checking the body, and Hawkins is like, "Move, I'm, I'm gonna shoot him, yeah, I'm gonna kill him." And I'm shooting
0: sure. right in his head.
1: Yeah. And Sartain's like, "He's already dead and everything like that," and he's like, "I'm gonna make sure he's dead. I'm gonna blow his and ma- blow his face off." And Sartain's like, just. Not listening to him, and he keeps going. He pulls out his little pen that he had and he pops out like a little, like a little knife. Yeah. And he stabs Hawkins in the neck like, multiple times and basically kills
0: him. Yeah, he's dead after that. So,
1: what'd you think of that?
0: Uh, you know, it, it, it was a little classic. You know, you, got a, you have a mad scientist, so you have somebody who just goes out the deep end. Uh, in the pursuit of knowledge, uh, he found the road to hell. Uh, basically, is what how'd you like? There.
1: Yeah, yeah. How'd you like it? Was kind of like a reverse Doctor Loomis, really.
0: Yeah, you know, because Doctor Loomis would have like, yeah, give me the gun. You know, Doctor Loomis would have Dr. Dr. pulled Doctor Loomis would have pulled his own
1: gun out. And yeah,
0: give me get yo. Let's shoot them together. You know, let's double up. But you know, I guess, uh I guess,
1: <laughs> do like a uh, pulp fiction. <laughs> yeah, like bow,
0: bow, bow. Like the OK Corral. I'm like Wyatt Urban uh Doctor Johnson. I always said his right name, uh, but the doctor they just shoot the shoot the shoot the dude together. But, you know, he wasn't really about that. You know, I think I think he has, uh just like those two people that were doing the podcast earlier, who I forgot their name, unfortunately. Aaron and Aaron Daniel. Aaron and, uh, yeah, Donna. That, that, uh, those people.
1: It's, it's Donna. Uh,
0: I think he was no, so enamored Daniel. by what Michael Myers was or, you know, or was or could be that he wanted to see. He wanted to see how far he can go. Yeah. He wanted to see the depth of his depravity. He wanted to see how much destruction he could cause. He wanted to see if he could break through to him. Just just stuff like that. He wanted to uh.
1: see. Well, he kind of goes into a lot of detail with that later, too. Yeah. And so he kind of gives like a high off of this. because He's like, so this is what you feel. Uh,
0: yeah, because he puts the mask on, too. Yeah, he puts he, on the he, mask. He
1: just wants to get the full effect. Yeah. You and, know, he's
0: like, oh, this is my first time doing something like this. Yeah, he's yeah. like,
1: so that's what it feels like when you kill somebody. And so he drags and he puts Michael's... Uh, body with, in the back seat with uh, Allison. Yeah. And uh, he drives off and he's basically saying we're going to have a reunion. And Allison's yeah. like what do you mean? He's like we're going to bring Michael to Laurie Strode. Yep. And so Allison's pleading for um, Dr. daughter to let her, let her Yeah go. let me out. Let me out. You. Let,
0: and me out let me she, get out. She, she,
1: she can get the point when she starts bargaining for him. She's like, if you let me out, I'll t- Michael, I'll tell you what he said.
0: Yeah, because, he, you know, to, according to the doctor, Michael never talked at all. Yeah, so I actually I- getting him to say something would have been like a ginormous breakthrough. For and
1: him. he's like, he spoke. And he's like, yeah, he spoke to me when he uh, when he killed my friend. He said he said something. And he's like, what did he say? And she's like, he said one word. And he's like, what? What was the word? And she, like, keeps saying, if you pull him over. I'd I'll tell you what it is. I'll yeah, tell I'll, I'll you. tell you. And he's like, nah, i really having it and everything. And so he's just. Slams on the brakes, turns the car dramatically. He's like, "Tell me the word," and she's like, "I'll tell you like that." And he's like, "Was it was it his sister's name? Was it Judith? You know, stuff like that." Yeah. And like, she looks over there and she sees Michael's awake, and he's like, and he's like looking at her, and she he goes, "What was the word?" And she goes, (laughs) "Fuck." Yeah,
0: she's uh, f bombs him to death there. That was pretty funny. Yeah, then Michael proceeds to uh, yeah. rampage his way out of that uh, patrol car.
1: Yeah, he like stomps that case. Like, what, two, two kicks, Yeah, a maybe? couple
0: couple good kicks. That thing was done.
1: And uh, so he gets out, and he drags Sartain's body out of the car, the uh, patrol car and everything. And uh, Sartain's over there like, begging Michael to speak to him. And Allison sees this as an opportunity to get yeah, away. Yeah, she, she bolts, she yeah. And Michael kind of follows her, for, like, watches her, and he comes back, and he's, like, he still starts hanging down there, like, speak, Michael. Speak to me. And Michael just stares at him and then
0: stomps his yeah, foot like brain like comes out.
1: into his head. It's like a watermelon,
0: Yeah, dude. It's like, brain, you know, like I said earlier, I'm not a scientist or a doctor or anything. Uh, I do play one on TV, uh, but I'm not a scientist or a doctor. <laughs> and, uh, dude, it's just... uh. It's no way the human, human skull should splatter like that when it's been stepped on. But, you know. It was still a good scene, though. Yeah, it was still pretty good. Yeah, because it's like his brain matter just splatters all over the ground. Uh, he smashes it like a pumpkin. It's disgusting when you first watch it. It's pretty it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty shocking,
1: disgusting. like, because it's pretty quick and, like, boom. Yep. And so the patrol car that's kind of, like, watching the entrance to Lori's house sees what's going on. So they roll up and kind of, like, investigate. And, um,. Uh, a little bit later, not by much, but like a little bit later. Yeah, still later on. Yeah. Um, Ray, you know Allison's dad, which is I'm so sad. I'm so sorry, Ray. God. Anyway, he's he's pouring he's,
0: out from my homie Ray, <sighs> dude.
1: Ray did not deserve this. He didn't deserve it. what happened to him. He did not, and and it's about to happen. So Ray is like playing. He's he's over there. This is how innocent Ray is. He's playing with a yo yo while waiting and he sees the patrol car pull up and um on the monster and he goes out to uh, see, yeah, see what's up he wants to know hey have you heard anything from allison is that why you're here and so he doesn't get a response from the patrol car so he opens the door and the two officers are dead one of them's got his neck slit and then you want to describe what he's what, the other, what he's holding in his hand
0: what was he uh he's on the knife right who, no, no, what was he holding in? He
1: was holding the other officer's head. Oh, he yeah. he was, like, hollowed out. That is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, like... He like,
1: it basically turned into, like, a jackal. Yeah, right?
0: he turns into, like, a jack. Like, he, like, carves the other officer's face off and puts, like, a light in it, man. It's, yeah. it's pretty, uh...
1: Pretty gross. It's ass.
0: pretty top-ten disgusting, uh, if you really think about it, because yeah. uh, he he pretty much... He he had to peel his skin off, like, with a Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll give you this much. When Michael, when it comes to this movie in particular... He likes to really show off his victims. Like, yeah, he, he gets them. a rush.
0: He gets a rush from killing people. You like, can feel it. He, put, he gets more elaborate every time. He does.
1: Like, he puts decorations. Like He puts them up as decorations. Yep. He killed Vicky, and he sat her up and uh, put the sheet over her and all that. And then when he killed Davey, he, he like, Dave. stabbed him up against the wall. And Poor then this Dave. officer, he basically like,
0: got his face ripped off
1: and puts, shoves a flashlight up there to kind of illuminate his eyes and yep. his mouth. And so Ray's like backing up, and he's kind of freaked out. And then Michael's coming around with like a cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> you did it, didn't you hear Didn't he? Yeah. And he strangles Ray. Sorry, Ray. Sorry, Ray. Rip.
0: Not your fault, bro. R.I.P. Ray. Good night, sweet prince.
1: You did not deserve this. You
0: didn't deserve what happened to you, Ray.
1: You know, a part of me was kind of wishing that he just strangled him. He made him pass out.
0: <laughs> no, he he, <laughs> he he killed him. <laughs> he did.
1: I was kind of hoping it was just he passed out, but he didn't. He he killed him. So while he's strangling him, Ray's gun goes off. He accidentally shoots it. Which gives a warning shot to Lori and uh, Karen. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lori goes down the stairs and she sees Ray dead. And she sees Michael looking in. And Karen's coming down and she tells Karen to get into the basement. So... uh, She's locking out the doors and all that, and she's standing at the door, and Michael busts his hand through the uh, little window. Yeah. And grabs... He's like uh, He
0: grabs it pretty good, too. Yeah, he's
1: like, he's manhandling her with one, yeah. one hand, which is really impressive for a 61-year-old man. I'm going to make the point that he's a 61-year-old man. He's pretty man.
0: old, yeah. You not spring chicken.
1: And he's like, holding Lori up with one hand, and like, choking her. And so she's, like, got her gun, and she's trying to get a... Trying to, she's basically... She actually has a good shot to actually shoot him in the head. Yeah. So that's what she's trying to do. She's trying to shoot him with her gun. Yeah,
0: so I angle it behind her.
1: And then he, he lets go, and he grabs the gun to try to get it out of his hand. And while he's doing that, she blows off two of his fingers.
0: Yeah, that bitch says something. I assume that SOB says something. there. You know, his <laughs> <He's> fingers... Like,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I bet you're talking now, homie.
1: Mask. And so... Uh, Lori goes to check on Karen to make sure she's all right and goes down there in the basement and everything. And they close the door behind them. And Michael comes into the house. And uh, she kind of shoots uh, the the flooring a little bit and she doesn't really get any response. So she tells Karen to stay down there. and She's going to go finish
0: this. Yeah, she's going to wrap it up.
1: So she goes up and... Uh,
0: Takes she, a couple guns with her too. No one gun, right?
1: She got just the one, I think.
0: Yeah, just one good.
1: And um she's going up there and she uh, she has that flashlight. So she's thinking of. No, oh, yeah, okay, gotcha. She so she's going up and she's kinda of like checking the little spots that she thinks it is, and she sees a blood trail going upstairs. So she goes upstairs and then uh, she keeps checking each room and each time she does, she closes it off so he doesn't have like a she's basically kinda of trapping him. So it's kinda like of rolling. Yeah, it's like rolls yeah, in yeah. like reverse now. Like Lori's tracking Michael. Yep. So she gets into the final room, and uh, she sees a blood trail re- leading up to the closet. So she goes in and checks the closet, and she opens it, and Ray's body's stuffed in the closet. Yeah.
0: Poor Ray. Poor Ray. God, he, 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 did Ray. This, I'm he did not deserve this. He did. He was a good man, that Ray.
1: Only thing, only bad thing he did was he killed the, yeah. the mice, and that was not that bad.
0: You know, he was just trying to protect his family from the mice. Invasion. He had
1: pride in his home. Yeah,
0: pride. He don't you have any pride in your home, Ray? He did. You did, he Ray. He was
1: doing work on the house constantly.
0: You did have pride in your home, Ray. You uh, died for it.
1: The Sawyer family would have been proud of Ray.
0: Yes, you, they would have. They would have. R.I.P. So, R.
1: R.I.P. Ray. R.I.P. Ray. Another one. So Lori. You Say know,
0: goodbye to yesterday for Ray. boys and men.
1: So <laughs> Lori's got a, this room's got a bunch of her like um, target practice dummies yeah. up there. So, she's kind of like looking around. She's like, he's got to be up here somewhere, you know, because he set this up for me. And he comes out of the dummies, uh, Michael does, and attacks Lori. They kind of struggle a little bit. And he throws her off <laughs> off the um, balcony. Yeah,
0: throws her off side. Like, good God. He just like, throws you know, her off
1: the balcony. Jamie
0: Lee Curtis is 90 years old. You can't throw this woman around. <laughs> she's like. <laughs> no, she's not 90 years old. She's like. Yeah. She's old, though. 57. Yeah. She's, oh,
1: her character's supposed to be 57.
0: Yeah. I think she's older than that in real life. Well, yeah. we're not going to worry about it right now. Huh? But her character is 57. Yeah, 57 is the character,
1: yep. And uh, so y- you kind of get a little another homage back to the original with, um, instead of Michael being on the, on the ground, it's yeah. Lori. And by this time, Allison's coming into the house, calling for uh, her grandmother, as she says a lot.
0: Grandmother? <laughs> Who says that in America? Grand- grandmother, there's a maniac trying to kill me. Grandmother, I have been
1: running for days, and I have now just found your house. Grandmother, grandmother, please protect me from the boogeyman. Why
0: do I have the scarlet letter, grandmother?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am not a whore.
0: Scarlet letter. Oh gosh, you know, no, she's not, because she told you know she is not a whore, uh, but if she did give Buddy. She yeah. would be dead. Yeah, you know she would have died if she didn't protect her. Uh, her, um, I don't want to say this. Oh, you can't say chastity. Yeah, you, can. uh, you can't say chastity. Yeah, if she you, didn't protect, you know, if she wasn't selective with her goods, she would have died. She exactly. was selective. She she held out. She didn't just give it away. She's the virgin. Exactly. She's
1: the virgin Chad.
0: She might not even be a virgin. She could have maybe have sex with the other guy, you know, but. It I was, highly doubt that. It was her right not to have sex with his best friend. Count
1: Dracula was not doing that good on He wasn't putting the moves on her like he thought uh, he you was. Know, he thought he was, but he wasn't.
0: I mean. Mixed signals. The grand scheme of things, if you're dressed up in a Count Dracula outfit and you're not pulling them left and right, that's your fault.
1: You're, you're failing.
0: Because you're doing half life. the. Because you know that's how you know I can't find a woman in America who doesn't want a guy dressed up as uh, Count Dr- Count Dracula, <clears throat> or excuse me, in my case, uh, Blackula, Exploitation uh, <laughs> movie film, actually really great um, vampire uh, turned uh, a Zulu prince turned into a vampire by Count Dracula in prison for years, uh, had an afro, which is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> 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 we, okay, we're getting off rails, know very
1: much. <laughs> So, anyway, Allison comes into the house, and uh, as she's, like, calling out for her mom uh, her mom and her grandma, Michael turns away for a second because, you know, little girl calling. He's like, what the heck, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so he, he looks back down, and Lori's gone. He's like, oh, that's what it feels like. <laughs> that's what it feels
0: like. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he goes
1: downstairs, and, you know, uh, Allison pulls, uh, I mean, Karen pulls Allison into the basement with him and Michael figures out where they're at. So uh, he figures out that the entrance is that little like island in the middle of the um the, the kitchen. So he's over mm. there ripping it off. Like he's about to rip the rip the thing off. So Karen sees her gun that she has, it's got her initials on it. So she grabs it up. And uh Michael rips the uh, the the entrance open. But he's not like there. And so like Karen starts crying out for her mom. She's like, "I can't do it, mom, come save us, save us," you know, like that. And she puts the kind of puts the gun down and everything and Allison's over here like freaking out. It's like, you know, you feel like this is it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then Michael walks in the view and then Karen's like, got you. <laughs> and shoots him in the neck. <laughs> and then immediately I after mean, that pops
0: him, man.
1: Immediately after that, Lori's like, Happy Halloween, Michael, and runs out of the shadows. Like, oh uh, like, I mean, like look how fast she was running.
0: <laughs> Yeah, she was, uh, she was pretty quick, man. She, and she uh... stabs
1: him in the back and everything, and they kind of tussle a little bit. And she throws Michael down the basement. <laughs> and so Allison and Karen get out of the basement, but uh, Karen's like the last one out, and Michael grabs him, grabs her by the leg, and she can't quite get out. And uh, they're struggling for a little bit, and Allison sees the knife on the ground. So she grabs it, and she, she stabs Michael a couple of times. Yeah. And uh knocks him down again. And one thing that we noticed when we were watching it, he Michael, every time he does like drop down and he comes up, he kinda does like the Undertaker Yeah. rise. So <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure that the Undertaker took that from Michael. Yeah. Because uh, the the dates that all this stuff came out.
0: Gosh, you know what Michael should have had? And this is off topic, I'm gonna let you get back to it. He should have had Paul Bearer with him.
1: <laughs> Michael Myers <laughs> Oh, Dipperon Laurie. Technically, technically, in a way, Sartain was kind of like that Undertaker.
0: <laughs> in the hill, in the cell,
1: you're I, gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I can't even you. do it. I
0: can't. I can't do it. Oh I can't do it.
1: your sinuses are killing.
0: Cool, cool. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, Paul Bearer, good man. Yes, that Paul Bearer.
1: Oh my god, good man. So. Anyway, they're all like uh, the girls are all up on top, and Michael's still in the basement. And then Karen pulls a lever, and it causes like these like uh, points to pop out and basically like entrap Michael. He yeah, like like
0: bars, uh, yeah, so to speak.
1: Yeah, so he just stands there and looks at him, I and mean, they're standing there looking at him. I and mean, Lori hits these like things. It's got like um, heat and coals popping up, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's like throughout guest. the entirety of the house, right? Yeah, it's like not just in one area; it's like all over. Like yeah, like you said, all over. So there's like like little pipeline gas lines, uh, with gas popping out. It's like a little heating core that's starting to heat up, uh-huh. and it's just enough to kind of like when the gas line the gas hits it, it causes like kind of like a flamethrower. Yeah. Basically, it's like flamethrowers throughout the exactly. house. Exactly. And so it starts causing the catching the house on fire, and Lori throws like one of those like um what do you call those? The little rescue lighter things. A flare. A Flare. Yeah. Why can't I think of that name? Yeah. yeah when I was is. writing this. Anyway. So she throws the flare down there and it kind of catches the whole all the gas on the bottom on fire. And she's like, like I think she's like burning hell or something like that. You know, some typical thing. Yeah, some uh, some cliche line. Some cliche line. line. And so they leave the house and Michael's just staring at them still. And uh, they go out the house and they flag down a truck. And they get in the back of the truck and they drive off. And well, Allison's still holding the knife and it kind of zooms in on the knife. Not sure what they're kind of applying with that. Well, I guess we'll see what happens and how we yeah, kills. Yeah, exactly. But you didn't see this at the end credits, though. After all the credits are over, you hear Michael's breathing. So it implies that he's still alive. Which, you know. Which, I mean, we're getting two more movies. Yeah, so that's correct. That's we kind of knew that. That's correct. So overall, Matt, what'd you think?
0: Okay, uh, so I thought, you know, I remember I was having a conversation about I absolutely hated the first Halloween. Yeah. Halloween, excuse me, I absolutely hated it. And, you know, that's still, still true. You're
1: still a terrible
0: person. That, okay, I'm fine with that. I'm fine. I could be a terrible person. I'm okay. Absolutely you know, terrible. I'm okay person. with that. You can hate me. You know, Nas made a song about that. Uh, You can hate me. You know? Yeah, we're going to get into that. Yeah. Uh,
1: absolutely terrible.
0: So... um I actually really like this one. Uh, I know it's a horror movie. I, <laughs> my only gripe was that the number of kills in here were just over the top. It's uh,
1: actually three times as many kills as the yeah, original.
0: It's so over the top, and I know it's I know it's a horror movie, and there has to be a good kill ratio for everything to still feel scary. I feel like they were killing so many people. See, some of these was,
1: kills were actually really brutal. Yes, yeah,
0: they were they're very brutal. Like that dude, like his, you know, you, you kill the kid. The dude's got like an L shape. You skin a dude's face off. Uh, he ripped uh, the
1: guy's uh, teeth out. Pin a dude against he, the wall. He beats the crap out of that yeah, one mechanic. Beats the
0: crap out of the guy. Like that, he that's with still a funny maybe Watching that. You know what I mean? The, like there were there Strangles, was old girl. There were so many kills in it that I became numb to the killing. You just kind of
1: expecting
0: him after a yeah, while. Yeah, all right, who's going to die next? And you know?
1: weirdly enough, the final kill in the movie was the least graphic.
0: Yeah, now you think about it. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: no. Ray got, well, you
0: know, Ray he got choked better. out. Yeah, he got he choked, choked out. out. He, At least he, he didn't he die. At least his brain didn't get Mushed in, you yeah. know, like the other guy. There's
1: still a possibility Ray could come back. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's dead. Uh, but uh, no, I I liked it, man. I thought it was solid. I thought it was solid. There's a lot of stuff I liked about it. Uh, one thing I did like was the pacing. It flowed very well, which I thought was the issue with the first Halloween. I, I feel like it didn't get anywhere from the simplicity of the story that it was. Yeah. Uh, um,
1: I remember mean, because when we were doing the review for that, we actually recorded the episode, and like I think. About over half, like we got done with, it and I just was like, I'm not feeling this. Yeah, you know, it wasn't that big. It, it wasn't, it's not, because I was now, don't take that the wrong way cause I loved
0: yeah, it. Yeah, you liked it. One.
1: But it's just like going back and explaining to it, the story is that simple. I mean, I literally went through the whole movie mm-hmm. and like,
0: under five minutes i feel like there's no amount of context that you could add to the first halloween to make it great uh there's no it's way it's more of an atmosphere. movie exactly. you kind of have to watch it and
1: get the atmosphere
0: it's nothing that can be done story-wise that you know that i feel like can make it great i feel like the story uh of course not the best story because it's a slasher film so there's gonna be some gaps or some holes mm-hmm. but i think overall it did a lot of stuff well my only okay, so I get into another issue with the movie is this is supposed to be set up for like, for like some sequels, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's no way in these sequels because I haven't watched them yet. I think they're gonna release the have they, have they been made yet or once uh, been made or
1: Halloween Kills was supposed to come out this year. Oh, but it coveted, but uh, covet so. pushed it back. So it's coming out next year, and I think Halloween in... Ends is supposed to be the year after.
0: Now, in Halloween Kills, there's no way without delving into the supernatural about how Michael Myers can come back to life after being burned alive mm-hmm. inside the house. Well,
1: they got, uh, I can kind of, some, uh, there's a teaser thing that got dropped for that. Okay. For Halloween Kills, because um, they actually had like a little bit of a teaser. Um, whenever they're on the little the truck driving off you see they're driving away but as they're driving away the fire trucks are coming in the opposite direction like going to the house
0: so you're saying they put out the fire too quick yeah
1: because they're like lori and all of them are like screaming and trying to tell them like you know obviously it's not they're not going to hear them over the sirens but they're trying to scream and tell them no 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 so I yeah, but I don't
0: know. There was like a direct flamethrower in that room that he was in, and it was. I don't think there was a really flamethrower in the basement. But you know, his feet were. You know, the you know, if you look at the scene, and maybe I have to look at it one more time. The fire was already at his feet and was coming up to him. And I, you know, it's gonna be very hard for me to believe that a fire truck can get in that rural location so quickly. You know, because that thing yeah. was off in the woods. But then, then again, we'll see. There, I,
1: there could be a, like an exit somewhere. That,
0: could have been that we missed. Yeah, I mean, missed.
1: we'll find out when all
0: that happens. So that's the only thing. Uh, well, I won't say that's the only thing, but that was one of the little things that uh, that I kind of was concerned about. and didn't like. But overall, like I said it was good. You know, I give it a. You know, I think when I gave a review for the first Halloween, I gave it like a one point five or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Because I, I dude I hated you, it. You were I, I hated you it, like bro. You liked the second
1: one more than you did the first one.
0: Yeah, the second one was way better. The second one was had a lot more going on for Actually, it.
1: Actually, um, I had originally planned uh, when we were going to do the Halloween retrospect, where we were going to do like all the movies. Uh-huh. I was going to do the different thumbnails. I was going to plan on making a funny picture. For the second one with Michael, since you know it all took place in the hospital mostly, like the kills did, Yeah. I was gonna do a play with him like wearing like a nurse's outfit with a little <laughs> scalpel. So I was gonna might do that. Funny. I might actually still do yeah, that. Yeah, i would
0: be funny. Uh just
1: to kind of play it around. But
0: I'll give this one okay. So I give this one uh I won't be at 1.5. I'm gonna go ahead and just give it a three. Uh, I think it did enough to get a three. I didn't think it did too much beyond that to uh get anything above a three. Now, once again, I wanna I wanna preface it that this is a slasher film, and you can't expect them to have the most groundbreaking story mm-hmm. or anything like that. The pacing was good. I liked the pacing. I liked a lot, a lot of things about it. I couldn't go um I couldn't go any higher than a three. I thought some of that stuff they did with Laurie or Jamie Lee Curtis was just it was just uh, duh, almost pointless. Almost pointless. Yeah. I know she was like, a, you know, I know she was obsessed with Michael Myers and stuff like that. But it, it wasn't an obsession. It was hysterical. Like, anyone would think she's, like, hysterically insane. Uh, anyone would think that, you know. But, uh, he's yeah.
1: like, even Ray was like. Like, bro, chill out. Trying, he's like, you gotta calm yeah. down."
0: Yeah, she literally pointed a gun at her son-in-law.
1: She had issues. Yeah,
0: she pointed a gun at him. But you know, I get a stressful situation. I want to I want to preface preface it with that. But I give it a three. Solid movie. Solid movie. No no major holes in it. No major falls. Uh, Good watch. Wouldn't watch it twice. Uh, But it was it was, uh, it was a pretty solid movie.
1: All right. So I guess I'll go through my little bit about it. All right. So, granted, like I said before many times that I love this franchise in general. I watch it just about at least one of the Halloween movies every year around Halloween. It's just kind of like a tradition now. Um, I've loved the character of Michael Myers. I don't know why I do, but I do. <laughs> but it, these kind of like mistakes, it makes me overlook a lot of the flaws of this franchise. The only movie I will never forgive is Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> that movie should have never been made.
0: I will never forgive you, Halloween I will either.
1: never yeah. forgive that movie. Now, some of the things I did like I like them erasing the sibling plotline. line. Uh, it was able to kind of like get a better refreshed take on the story instead of it being like retreading the same ground like in all the sequels they do where he's always chasing after his sister. It makes it more of a, a victim kind of storyline. Right. A victim and um victimer. Is that the right term?
0: Was that say one more time?
1: Victim and the victimer, or is that is that the right term? I don't think. I don't that's think right.
0: victimer is the right term. Uh, the abuser, you could say.
1: Yeah, we'll go with that. Basically, you get in the eye of the um, it's how that kind of plays out. As I was saying, I was saying uh, removing this element kind of gives like Michael less of a motive and makes him more like unpredictable. So he's kind of like more of a force of nature and not so much like somebody on a mission. Yeah. So that was one thing I like. I really enjoyed the new characters that we got. Like I enjoyed, like, I think their presence was really good. I liked the way they kind of interacted with each other. But this is where i started to start getting into my problems with the movie. Unfortunately, this movie had so many things going for them by erasing the sibling plot and kind of like removing the whole idea that Michael's always after Laurie. But they still focused on Michael and Laurie. In the movie, when me and you watched it, or when I was watching it with you at the end, mm-hmm. you can tell that Michael's like doesn't even really recognize the word.
0: Nah, you, don't, you know, you know, he don't you know to him, he's just another person to kill.
1: Yeah. And I read I was I read this on Reddit too. Um, there's a lot of a lot of fan theories, the people agree with this theory. Is that realistically the only reason why Michael and Laurie even crossed paths again was because everybody else was so obsessed with putting these two people together? Yeah, like because they had up. their own agenda, and Michael was just out here having the time of his life. Yeah, he's killing. He's
0: having fun, man.
1: And so you got all these new characters that I actually really enjoyed. Like I enjoyed Vicky, I enjoyed Dave, I enjoyed the whole thing between Allison and Cameron. But the only downside with Allison. Allison is a character that was kind of intended to be like the new Laurie, like the new the final girl. Yeah. But she's more of like um, used as a prop to just propel the story.
0: That is it. Yeah, it's like just kind of, yeah, propped up.
1: Yeah, she's just there to establish the new characters. And she's the only, only reason why uh she's even in the final part of the movie is because She's witnesses Michael kill her friend and then that's how they find Michael and then they bring him back to Lori. So they spend too much time like trying to get away from Lori. Yeah. And they, but they keep they bring it right back to her.
0: Yeah, right back.
1: So I really wasn't a big fan of that. Uh I feel like they that was a waste of potential to kind of get away from that. They could have ended it on a high note. There was a, there's actually a theory, actually um I think a original draft of the script where lori sacrifices herself mm-hmm. and that would have been a good way to kind of done, it because that would have, could have kind of moved away from the whole lori subplot now other than that the production on the movie i really enjoyed yeah, that's pretty
0: high it's pretty uh, high the
1: cinematography was great coloring was great uh the actions I, I think like uh, the way everything was kind of blotted out and paced and everything pacing was wonderful actually um some of the characters, like no, nah, I feel like they wasted so much time on these two podcasters that they were so irrelevant after the halfway part.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think they are just introduced. Um, they're introduced as a spark, like the spark Michael Myers again, mm-hmm. and then to um to stop them from being annoying because I think that's the path that they were headed down. Uh, they will really end up being like just overly annoying. They just yeah. like so let's they just rid rid of them of them. Yeah, quick. let's get rid of them. Let's not let's not waste any more plot time on these guys. Which is which is great actually. I, yeah. I do commend them for that. Which is uh, which that, was a smart really, thing. that
1: was really, really well done. It's just kind of like weird for them to have so much invested in these like characters at the beginning. Yeah, and just the exo, just X X of before like that. the halfway mark.
0: But yeah, I think I think uh. I think, you know, you had to ask me maybe when they were doing, like, the screenplay or when they were writing it. Mm-hmm. Those those guys probably were in there for a good chunk of the movie. But then they probably thought that they were going to take something away from Laurie and, uh, like, her daughter, Sartaine. her granddaughter. So they just x them out, which, was, hey, which is they, smart. I think
1: they did that, and then they kind of, like, uh, changed the motivations of Sartain to being more of a, that antagonist or the person that kind of pushing in the, the Michael plot. So I feel like maybe this is just my theory is the original, like you were saying, the original draft probably had them a bigger role and it might have been their reasoning for them to get Laurie and Michael together. Yeah. But them getting axed off because they probably, like you said, it's probably annoying.
0: Yeah, they probably just end up being like so (laughs) annoying. That's probably why they end up getting rid of them. And then
1: that would have been like the biggest like Critical flaw of this movie was people like those podcasters are why the reason why Michael did what he did mm-hmm. instead of having like a doctor who was like the reverse Doctor Loomis. So that was kind of neat, but I think the biggest thing I loved in this movie is the new score. Mm-hmm. It was good, yeah. You no, know, like the reversion, the reversions of all the different themes, everything like that. I think all that was just like yeah, great. Really good. So I'm going to get down to my final review. For I give Halloween 2018. I give it a solid 3.5. Okay.
0: Good
1: score. Good score. And it would have been higher. Alright, uh, so it would have been actually a, a solid four. If it wasn't for the fact that they named the movie Halloween. Uh-huh. They lose half a point. Half a point. Because in a franchise. Demerit. <laughs> we have. Three movies that share the same title. And we have to now distinguish each movie as Halloween 1978, Halloween 2007, Halloween 2018. Yeah, kind
0: Yeah, the name, the naming construct. It's like the people who name Xboxes made.
1: It, it is like it's <laughs> literally the same is. concept they do with the Xbox. Like it's
0: Xbox S. I'm Series honestly X, not.
1: I'm not even S, surprised. S. I, you know what? I thought they were going to name the Xbox Series X?
0: Xbox Xander Cruz Triple X. No, no.
1: You know what? I really thought they were going to name it for real. What Was that? I thought they were going to go back and they were going to call it the Xbox. Wow. I literally thought that's what P-H-E-B. they were going to do. Because I mean. Who with their right mind goes from Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One? What the... How? Okay. So, I figured that that the next naming was going to be THE Xbox.
0: Well, aren't you glad they aren't doing THE Halloween? That would suck.
1: Yeah, that would be stupid. Now, I'm kind of... I'm not so sure about the titles for the sequels, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Actually, Halloween Ends is pretty good.
0: Okay, I like that. Halloween that Kills is okay, good. too. But, I mean, you know. It would
1: have been better. Like, I think they should have called this Halloween Returns. Yeah. I mean, my
0: my my idea is, you know, the next one's going to be Halloween Kills. I guess this dude's just going to murder a state because he's going to. Wow, I don't he, see him killing more people. than Unless they give him a gun. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I just want to know if it's going to be like um, how like Halloween 2 was. Where uh, the events in Halloween 2. Took place on the same night wow. as Halloween. I wonder if they're going to try to pull that same card with the Halloween kills or is it going to be like one of those, like, well, Michael was asleep for a year.
0: <laughs> he's back. He's healed up.
1: Or he was just maybe dormant for a year or something like that. Michael
0: Myers or.
1: They did that in Michael Halloween. Michael Freddy
0: Krueger because he's burned alive. They
1: did. They did. <laughs> they did that plot in halloween four to five though because he got shot and then he passes out and then the next movie was filmed the year after and so to have it a different night but still halloween they made (laughs) they had michael go down like a river thing a creek and get found by a guy but he's like too weak he tries to strangle the guy He's too weak to kill him passes out so my thing is guy saves michael he tries to kill the michael tries to kill the guy and then for a whole year this guy's taking care of michael but the guy that tried to kill him anyway that's 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 the only part about that's no there's a lot of things i don't like about five five's pretty cool though i like it but we're not gonna get into that okay 3.5 out of Three point five.
0: five. Okay, I think that uh, I think that's it for this super-sized, ginormous episode.
1: Spooktober. I have Spooktober. no idea how long this episode is, guys. Um, but if you made it through all of it, it's,
0: a lie. it's probably gonna be about two. We hours. love you. Yeah, it'll be two hours. It is
1: sized. But hey, we we warned you. We yeah. told you. It's it like
0: be going super. to both jangles and now you got it both sides, baby. Mm-hmm. Both sides. Get them more that, rounds.
1: Throw out that nine dollars. So, uh, so guys, that that's pretty much it
0: for Spooktober. Uh, The plan right now is to do some um mafia movies at the beginning of next month,
1: November. uh,
0: November. Uh, we're actually going to get you like a detailed list for that. Uh, on November first, well, maybe not November first. Maybe this the first episode of November. We are going to kick off our very first giveaway uh we're going to have uh one to two gift cards hopefully some merch and you may even get a signed item from yours truly or the excuse me us truly I don't yeah. know how you properly say that uh, <laughs> from the uh from the team here at yours Sin- truly the team yeah the team here the at Sin- team. Sin- the Sin-
1: whole the room. whole gang
0: yeah the dynamic all duo all both of us of two batmans uh <laughs> <laughs> Two Batmans, all Mike, both of us, Michael Keaton, uh, Val Kilmer. I'm Val Kilmer, uh,
1: yeah, you can be Val Kilmer, I'm yes, definitely Michael Keaton. Kilmer. Yes,
0: love that man. Uh, so, uh, that's that's pretty much the plan for November. Stay tuned for the details on that. Uh, now you know, since we've been uh doing this for a while, now it's time for us to expand and grow. So, guys, remember. We just got bought by Disney. No, we we did not. (laughs) Uh, But if somebody wants to give me a bill, you can have it. (laughs) You can have it. But uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast on, like, subscribe. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a review uh that would be great that would be awesome that would help us a lot as far as growing mm-hmm. and remember to share this with your friends let them know and hopefully they'll like it too
1: and also don't forget to follow us on facebook mm-hmm. and instagram the gram. and twitter
0: twitter we're we on twitter yeah we're on twitter we are on twitter all yeah. right and uh, twitter
1: doesn't get as much love though Well,
0: we get there. Everything grows in time. Uh, But
1: Facebook and uh, Instagram is definitely where we're most prominent. Right. Um, we got more of a everybody kind of follows us on there. So uh, if you haven't yet, you know, just follow.
0: Yeah, stay tuned. You know, we got more stuff in the works. Uh, Me and Ed talk about new ideas all the time. Uh, Get ready for the eventual. Hopefully, it doesn't take me six months to get it ready. The YouTube channel that's happening. And uh hopefully too, we can start our own discord server uh once we kind of blow up a little bit more and
1: a future reddit page
0: future reddit page so hey we're we're trying to grow uh it's it's gonna be a journey uh i I feel like this would be a good time to talk about it since you've already been sitting here with us for two hours anyway yeah I uh, mean,
1: if you love us, you know.
0: yeah so we're growing we're growing we get more followers uh every week we get more likes every week we get more listens every week it's slow going it's not like we're adding like a one hundred thousand people every week but every little bit helps and every little bit we get bigger and bigger uh and that's just going to motivate us to provide even better content uh for you guys in the future
1: uh, so
0: um so yeah.
1: we'll be dropping that mafia list pretty soon um mm-hmm. check our facebook and our instagram for that
0: keep your eye out on it
1: yeah so we'll be giving you kind of like uh it's not going to be really like a release schedule like what dates but it's just we're going to give you the order of the movies that we're going to do
0: yeah yeah We uh you know once again that's all subject to change as far as which movies we want to do too yeah but uh hey if we got to do like maybe like this episode we got to do two movies in one shot to uh to meet our obligations to you guys. We got no problem doing that either. Uh, so, uh, guys, this has been a, a nope, really long good. one. Thank you for sticking in with us. Give uh, us really some hope feedback about it. this. Yeah. If
1: you enjoyed the double episode,
0: yeah. let us know. If you like the bow size one, uh, we got the rounds for you, baby.
1: <laughs> God, I hope we don't get super got po'jacks. the bow
0: rounds. You know, call me Jake Del Home, baby. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll we sell got some that, chicken.
1: We got that large legendary sweet tea. <laughs>
0: Also home of
1: the Cajun filet biscuit. Home of the
0: yeah. Uh, home of the dirty the dirty rice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, as always, uh, that is enough goofing off for this evening, uh, guys. Once again, thank you. My name's Matt. My name's Ed. And that's a wrap.